Welcome to Movie Left, a movie review podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Uh, it's cold and windy here in the city of wind. Uh, it's 12 degrees, and my windows are creaking. Uh, I hope they don't shatter and break, as happened one time before in a windstorm. But yeah, burr. I've got the space heater like an inch from my face right now um, on this day. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah yeah here in connecticut the roads are a sheet of ice uh luckily i don't have to work today because i would have i'm sure been in a brutal fight with my employers to not have to drive uh <laughs> on the fucking highway when the it literally was like I, I opened my app this morning like the driving app to see and it was like uh two hours to get to like it was just oh you a, and tim kane two hour commute well it, w- it wouldn't normally be two but that's it was like the 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 red you know like the tr- the red traffic meaning like you know they just don't fucking take this road was like the entirety of the drive and there was like like six or seven of those little accident icons i was like all right this is jesus christ thank uh, thankfully i'm not i didn't have to fucking work but uh a lot of people did and uh unfortunately yeah it's just fucking ugh. i hate do this you, part of I the mean, year how much of your job requires you to be there versus shit you could do from home i mean my my job in particular i do have to be there because i do physically make you know the, the, the you compounded make, you make the magic potions that make the the sickies right the, I, i'm the... basically a i'm basically a cook or a chemist or i don't know how you want to phrase it but um so I mean that part I do need to do. I mean there are things I could do from home, but it's one of those you know, right. legacy businesses where they don't, <clears throat> you know, they're like, oh no, it doesn't, whatever. I don't so will you chant um, the spells that create the potions that make the you know take the devil out of the sick people? Right. Uh, you have to physically be there with the you know the with the chicken and and the right and the the, the stick that I shake yeah. and everything. Right, right. I am um, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> No, so um, yeah, uh, we're here today, obviously, to talk about the 2021 uh, or 2022 action. I don't know. I, don't, I think it came out like it came out before the new year, I believe. Uh, but the, yeah, the I mean, I saw director. the movie a year ago. It's it feels like I don't even remember the movie. It's been so long. Right, right. Uh, the Adam McKay direct. Yeah, no, it actually came out on Christmas Eve, I believe. Now that I'm remembering. Um, but yeah, the Adam McKay directed and written uh, film "Don't Look Up," starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, a million other great fucking actors. Um, oh, and by the way, I should say co-written. Da- uh, David Sirota, also one of the co-writers of this movie, uh, Bernie eh, Sanders, hated it. Sirota, <laughs> <laughs> right? He, uh, he, you know, he's he's worked for Bernie like his whole life. Uh, he was I forget his exact job title on the. 2020 campaign i don't know if he was like the the press director or the the communications is probably he, he was heavily involved director. right he was heavily involved um in bernie's campaign and messaging um and he's you know he, i i i always like sorota uh he's very much like on the left side of the spectrum of like the progressives you know in in congress like as much uh, as that's limiting and as as you know as we've seen the limits of that in recent years but i mean i still think he's one of the better ones there um despite his you know belief in the system eventually you know potentially working which i i no longer share with him uh he certainly has most of the right ideas so he um has never written a movie before but you know he's been a, a journalist his his whole life and he uh 
I guess, got together with Adam McKay, who also is a very left-minded uh, figure in Hollywood and an actual left, not like, you know, the, right. the George Clooney's of the world, you know, not a fucking well, liberal. And, it, like and this is why people don't like it, uh, McKay's because he made Vice and the movie indicts Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden just as much as it, it indicts uh, fucking George W. Bush and Dick Cheney for the Iraq right. war. Right? This is why they don't like him. Right. And, well, and, and, and liberals and, love George Bush now. So it's like, you know, right. They, full circle. Evil about full his circle. administration. Right. Fucking horseshoe theory. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, Adam McKay said Aaron Sorkin's the right wing version of me. <laughs> right. Which, which I is, love. Which is fucking great and absolutely accurate. Um, and <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, I would I actually would have loved to have seen like a child uh, trial of the chicago seven movie made by adam mckay instead of fucking aaron sorkin i feel like you would have gotten it a lot closer to uh reality you didn't enjoy seeing abby hoffman say that you know liberalism is the way <laughs> that, that that yeah no our, our we have a you know just our government needs to work for the people that's that's what it that's what an anarcho-communist thinks is that you know we just need to vote for the right people that's that's the real problem with with our modern democracy and capitalism and so she's not in the right hands that's that's totally what abby hoffman uh believed um yeah so <laughs> anyway you know, don't I look mean, up Sasha baron cohen uh known for quitting the the uh queen movie because it wasn't historically accurate uh, then hops over to this movie and is like yeah abby hoffman liberal hero <laughs> look like, he has integrity when it comes no. to entertainment we know he doesn't have integrity when it comes to politics because he fucking you know supports the <laughs> idf so you know whatever um or, or i should i don't know if i say he should support he 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 was one of the people that signed on to that shitty letter that a bunch of celebrities signed about how you know the the language is too divisive around BDS. Like, remember that shit that came out like early, uh, or yeah, mid yeah. last year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he, you know he fucking supports too divisive. You know. Like, if you're not part of a movement, you don't get to nitpick the the wordsmithing. Like, shut right, up, right? Pick a fucking <laughs> side. Like, fuck you. And by not picking a side, you're picking a side because you're right. not picking a side uh, against genocide and and apartheid. So that's pretty clear where you stand <laughs> on that. That's a fucking great slogan. You just did you did you hear it? the alliteration what, you just had pick, what, pick a side a, against genocide and apartheid <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know we should use that on something um <laughs> but yeah well so speaking of of all of that uh we're talking about don't look up this week and it's um I, you know just overall as a movie and we're not going to talk a ton about like the movie itself because like you said it's, it's pretty straightforward i mean i think it's a really uh in some ways clever satire because I think an important thing in, in satire is the people that you're, you're lambasting are supposed to miss the point a little bit. I think, I think that's kind of a signs of a well-made satire is if the people that you're lambasting watch and go, yeah, you know, it's really, you're right. It's really those people and like not realizing that they're the people, especially when it comes to liberals and, you know, criticizing oh, the fact that they're also God. conservatives. Yes. It, it was it, everything about this. Like I watched it and I watched it with my mother. I was, I was excited to watch a thing with mom. that was political that she uh, was a fan of right. um, my mother, who, uh, as you've accurately pointed out, uh, looks very much like Elizabeth Warren uh, <laughs> and uh, her politics uh, align pretty closely there. So we watched it and I thought it was a funny movie. I was, it wasn't nearly as sharp, uh, of a blade as vice 
was in its humor, but that that's okay. You know, I didn't need to be because I know understand that like it's coming out on Christmas. Like you you want to have a, a little bit of levity, which I think this film has. It was it was considerably more farcical in nature. I mean, it was not going to yeah. be you know. And but it's all it was also way more frustrating because it's not about a thing that happened 20 years ago. It's a thing that's happening right now and tomorrow right. and the next day and the next year. And it's just getting worse and worse. And the excuses we get for why nothing can be done become more and more absurd. And, you know, you know, this, the he wrote this film. McKay wrote this film specifically about a comet. Right. But it's supposed to right. be about climate change and that's a, right. an important distinction but you watch it and it's like it's it, you might as well just be fucking covid because we've now had right. joe biden as president longer than trump was president during the pandemic and the the results have been vastly more disastrous considerably so and i mean that's something you know we're not even recording a regular episode this week because for one thing not a ton of not there, there hasn't been a diverse selection of news this week you know not a lot of things happened outside of just the typical stuff you know around covid right now which is i, I mean i cannot understate this enough just fucking decimating the healthcare system in this country right now as liberals have gone full bore into the fucking republicans early 2020 strategy of let it rip through everybody don't do anything for anybody and you know you're on your fucking own uh you know it, it's just it's just obscene so i uh i can't just talk about that for an hour straight without having a fucking aneurysm because it's so frustrating so this week we were saw that map i shared with you yesterday um the the one week the seven day increase in covid cases uh it was up 258% in alaska and you pointed out in north carolina covid infections were up 1,508%. Right, because presumably they're just like standing in, in a giant line uh, like at the end of us and spitting in each other's mouths because I can't even imagine what else would be causing that fucking big of an increase on COVID cases, but Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, yeah, I mean, the and CDC you know what it map... Is. You know what it is? We are going to review this film a little bit, but just, you know why they're we all will, fucking... Sure. The, the huge spike is because... Now that there's these mandates and employers are saying you need to get the vaccine or you need to show a weekly test showing your your negative is all these motherfuckers who won't take the fucking vaccine that's free and works uh, are like, well, I got to get tested now. So now they're all finally we're getting like mass testing. And we're and it's like 15 yeah. percent of everyone being tested has the fucking virus that's well i mean that's part of and actually it's even it, yesterday it was 23 percent in connecticut which was of course a record i mean literally one in four people that walked into a testing site had fucking covid yesterday so we're just doing great just don't don't even put a mask mandate in place though it's not important just just not, take no mitigating steps whatsoever and just let everyone fucking catch it uh well which is i mentioned that the, last week know. when i went to get my booster shot i was in the walgreens for a considerable amount of time waiting to get the shot mm -hmm. and yeah I forgot to to mention that while I was in line there, I mentioned this off here, but I listened to the episode and realized I hadn't set it on there. Uh, while I was waiting to get my booster shot, um, three people, three separate people walked up asking for a test. And there weren't any, of course, because everyone wants a fucking test now rather than get the vaccine. And all three people that walked up asking for, for a COVID <clears throat> test didn't have a mask on. 
<laughs> so clearly not concerned about their actual health. They're just right. there trying to get the test in order to avoid having to get the vaccine. Well, and, and I think this whole thing, you know, and again, we're going to get off on a little tangent about this, but um, it, it's all, you know, it's, it's partly a, and, and much like climate change, it's partly an individual responsibility issue and it's partly a larger, you know, public education and public action issue. So, you know, the Biden administration is doing nothing to actually mitigate the spread of climate change. The, the CDC. It's not a federal Biden, issue. It's not a federal issue. Biden said it. It's a state's issue. State's right, rights. Right. State's and rights. if you right. choose not to do anything at the state level, then what the fuck is the president supposed to do? He's only the most powerful human being on earth. His hands are tied, guys. What can he do? It's not like he can, you know, sign any kind of executive order or anything to mandate that the Postal Service send us fucking high quality masks like they were literally going to do at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, but no. So, you know, it's partially, <clears throat> excuse me, it partially individual responsibility, partially federal and, you know, governmental responsibility. And there was no education done whatsoever early on in the pandemic about, you know, the quality of masks that people should have. And the fact that COVID is actually airborne and, you know, that because basically the reason they say that they don't talk about that is because it's a technicality. They're like, well, you know, airborne is very specific meaning in, in terms of, you know, in terms of virology. And we don't want to use that word. Yes. But, th but because of that now people don't understand that, like, if you are in a place without a mask on and you're a hundred feet away from somebody, but like, there's like three people in between you and that person. And, and, you know, all four of those, you know, people have COVID that COVID is not just going to like stay in, in a small bubble. Like that's not how fucking air works. That's not how aerosols work inside in an uh, enclosed space. If you are in a place that does not have good vent, good ventilation, aerosols hang in the air and compound. Like if you ever actually see like one of those infrared videos of people's aerosols, you'll never fucking eat in a restaurant again. It's, it's, it's really like. It, it, it's crazy the lack of kind of public education on this that was, you know, done from the beginning, because, again, it's all fucking uh, capital focused. It's all focused on, well, we don't want to undermine consumer confidence in restaurants and in stores and in, you know, it, public gatherings, because, you know, those are really the people they serve, the fucking chamber of commerce and the small business tyrants and all the other people that actually control our government. Um, and, you know, so that that education was never done and education on masks was never done because early in the pandemic fucking Fauci lied on national television and told people that they number one don't need to wear masks and then told people that cloth masks were adequate even though you know multiple studies were done showing the inadequacy of non um non-surgical and non-N95 masks and now we're at a point where the virus is fucking so strong and so mutated um, that it's going to completely break through any non, you know, N95, KN95, KF94 quality masks. So, it, it, but, and again, there's no public education done on that whatsoever. So it's just. Well, public education starts with forcing kids to go to school during a pandemic and locking teachers out of their remote classroom system if they refuse to show up in person. Right. Right. Because, right. because we, we have to think about the stakeholders. And when I say stakeholders, I mean shareholders, which is what this is all fucking about. It's right. about the world coming to an end and going, you know what? I bet we could I bet we could fix that comet. I bet we could save it. We could save that comet 
and make some money in the process. <laughs> and that's what we're kind of, you know, circling back to here is so, yeah. just how fucking bad it is in the world right now. And people in charge are saying, oh, yeah, go, go back. to It doesn't, you know, you're sick, but you don't have that many symptoms. Go back to work. It, it's, it's fucking insane. You're not supposed to go to work if you're sick from anything. Right. Anything. That's, that's fucking virus. Let alone the fucking virus that's killing half a million people. 800,000 yeah. people. 800, however many fucking million people. It's going to be a million soon because we're, again, you know, despite the fact that they're lying constantly and saying this is a mild version of this virus, we, 2,400 people died yesterday. I mean, if we keep that pace, which uh, we're probably going to because hospitalizations have been increasing every fucking day. Um, and now the new fucking right wing talking point, which has been adopted by all the leaders in the Democratic Party because they want to advocate all responsibility is, well, how many of those uh, are of COVID versus from COVID? Or, or, no, with COVID versus of COVID. You know, like, how many people in the hospital have COVID and also something else versus... Which is, of course, a fucking bullshit distinction without a difference. I mean, obviously, you know, if you fucking have COVID and you go to the hospital, you're fucking in, at the hospital with COVID. And, again, if the hospitalizations are going up by multiple hundredfold, that's not, that's not like some magical increase. This is the way they've reported hospitalizations the entire pandemic. So if it's going up hundredfold, it's not because a bunch of people are breaking their leg. Like it's because there are a lot more fucking people going to the hospital with COVID. Well, like, well, that's, look, it's not how do we know they didn't get COVID at the hospital in the first place? Maybe you should think about, you know, not getting that broken leg if you don't want to get COVID. Right. Obviously, obviously. And, you know, and, the, and, and again, like the Biden administration, like took the, the vaccine only approach, which, you know, that they, First of all, it wasn't even developed under Biden. It was developed when Trump was president. Not that either of them had really bear any responsibility for its development. Although you could say, you know, Biden kind of hand waving all the regulations to get it developed faster, probably helped it get to market quicker. Um, or Trump, rather. I, I don't know if I said Biden or Trump. It's so so hard to distinguish. You said Biden, but okay. yeah, I'm I'm guessing. You know, I meant Trump. Yeah, Trump probably did, like understood the assignment better than biden did and was like hey what I, I mean i'm you have these people these right-wingers what's what's the that fucking theory you know that legal theory that the president you know can can literally do anything that the came oh, up with uh executive executive um oh, fuck what's it called i, I know you're talking about basically yeah. it's like executive king theory you know whatever it whatever right. it is and, and it's it literally just talks like about all the time I can, if i can if if i can't be prosecuted for anything i do then literally anything I want to do is legal, right? And Trump was one of these people that was like, yeah, well, what can't I do? Unitary like, executive theory. That's exactly, exactly. And Biden's like, well, I don't know if I have the authority. We have to do a study to figure out if I have the authority to do Like, no, Trump is just like, I'll fucking do anything I want to do. And everyone's like, he's going to start World War III with Iran. And then, of course, kind of almost started to, and then they, you know, turned that off really quick because right. they realized it was going to be bad for us. Um Really but yeah, it's just like it, how many things has did Biden? Biden said he was going to cure cancer. Remember when Biden said he was going to cure cancer? Yeah, what's the update on that, by the way? <laughs> Where are yeah. we with that? I, I mean, um, I was told that uh, you know, healthcare for all was uh, pie in the sky socialism that was never going to happen, unrealistic, and just was you, you know a fucking pipe dream. Uh, but somehow, curing cancer, people were just like, well, he doesn't really mean it. You know, Biden doesn't mean it. 
He's no. not gonna. He's not gonna do any of the things that he promised to. Don't worry, it'll be fine. <laughs> you also said all all COVID testing and treatment should be free on the campaign trail, which is weird because I paid ninety dollars the other day just to get rapid tests to 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 have at home. You know. Oh yeah. Well, they had uh, Walmart had this agreement with the White House, which uh, sounds like executive authority to me. Uh, that they would cap the price of um, rapid tests at fourteen dollars. Well, that's gone now, and they've jacked the price up, right? Up, upwards right. of twenty twenty five dollars now. And which, by the way, was was not even like just an agreement to cap the prices, but they were actually subsidizing Walmart, one of the biggest companies in the world. Oh, of course, to, to, to lower right. their because God forbid they just tell the manufacturers, hey. We know for a fact it costs you less than a dollar to make these tests, which is actually the actual cost. It's like 80 something cents to make these two tests for the fucking uh, the Binax tests that they that are like the most popular ones. Um, you cannot sell that for more than like, you know, five dollars a box or like two dollars. But, you know, <laughs> that's you know, that's a reasonable profit considering how many of these you're churning out. Like five dollars a box would certainly be, I think, reasonable for all parties involved and affordable for most people. Um but no, they charge. Yeah, it, I mean, it literally retails uh, outside of Walmart for like thirty dollars a box for two tests. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's it's this is again capitalism is the least efficient system of of uh, keeping a society functioning, especially in a time of crisis. And I think that's what actually this movie is about. And then before I get to the movie, I, I want to give people a resource real quick because I, I you know I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the show, but part of what I do at work is like source you know, high quality PPE and shit, both for the people that work, you know, that I work with and for myself, but like for, when you say high quality, you mean like all the masks are like made out of like black and gold fabric. Right. Obviously no, (laughs) as stylish as possible, but no actual legit fucking, you know, PPE that actually is filled as filtration tested at 90 for at 95% or, or better. Uh, efficacy against you know airborne pathogens because a lot of the shit you can buy on the amazons or the ebays of the world that say they're kn95 are not actually they're, they're all there's a lot of counterfeiting in in ter- and especially on the kn95 market so like legitimately so they're people- like a an, an nft of uh of uh pbe <laughs> right they, everyone right clicks on the pp and they're like ah, this looks similar enough let's just put it out with like inferior you know ma- uh, materials basically but no so kn95 just real quick to tell people kn95 is the chinese standard of of uh of you know 95 percent filtration efficacy uh you know and that's their version of rn95 and in the in the united states n95 is uh niosh uh and osha certified to to filter filter out up to or at least 95 percent of of airborne particles you know of a certain size um so can 95 is just the chinese version which is just as good but you know of course people get all racist and xenophobic about that um and kf 94 is the korean equivalent and that's you know again like up to at least 94 percent. i shouldn't say up to um but they're all they're all adequate and like I think anyone who who goes out in public a lot should definitely have at least that level of protection because like the shit that we used to wear is just not adequate to stop Omicron. It's really uh, orders of magnitude more contagious than than previous variants. So uh, people like it, if you want to get like legit quality masks, though, I order like mine, per, like my personal ones and the ones we sell from uh, a couple of places, bonafidemasks.com. Uh, which is actually based in like Mount Vernon, which is Westchester County, uh, 
very close to where I work, but they're like the the premium like U.S. distributors for. Are you getting paid for this? No, I legitimately, I I, I just <laughs> I want people to not have shitty. <laughs> no, I, I promise I never get paid for any fucking. Uh, we've never gotten paid for anything on this podcast, but no, um, I certainly haven't. <laughs> me neither i fucking paid way more in uh in hosting expenses than than the patreon will ever net us unfortunately uh but well maybe one day we'll see uh but yeah no legit bona this this company bonafide mass they they import like the actual um at 95s that like you actually see people in dc use uh because it's the only uh fda approved k kn95 masks these powercom n95 masks so like you like a lot of early in the pandemic when n95s were impossible to find you saw a lot of uh senators and congress and you know house members wearing that brand of of can 95 so that's a legit website you can get it from uh and recently i also discovered this other one behealthyusa.net and they're like the most trustworthy uh u.s distributors for kf94 masks which are the korean uh you know, high quality masks. And those are both, you know, up to the par of N95 and considerably cheaper, you know, than, than the N95s. Uh, so those, I think people should definitely check those out, like and get legit masks. If you are forced to work with the public or go into public a lot, it's, uh, it's worth it for sure to protect yourself. Cause nobody fucking else is the government's certainly not going to protect you. Um, well, it's a shame that this movie, um, you know, was a, a criticism of climate change, but failed to mention capitalism, consumerism, materialism, wealth hoarding, uh, or any of the other um, isms promoted by Hollywood. Right. No, very specifically just about uh, climate change. Yeah. So that so obviously we're joking. Anyone that's seen this movie uh, knows that's not the case. But there's quite a bit of that on Twitter. Um, you know, it, it's really funny, this movie, um, and you know, I, I took notes on my rewatch, so I'll definitely get to some of those and just kind of fun observations about the movie itself. But, um, a big thing with this movie was that it pissed off like all the right people, which, which made me everyone like it even more yes. Yeah, because, <laughs> because people that didn't, and, and look, this, this sounds like reductious. So oh, you just didn't get that. And that's not what I'm saying, but there are certainly people who just completely miss the point of the movie and like they didn't miss the point of the movie they got the point of the movie and they were paid to write about why the movie was bad oh no for there's certainly a segment of especially like the 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 critical uh press i think that that is certainly true but i think there's certain there's also an element of like left twitter that is it like thinks the movie is just like a fucking big lib criticism on like the, the right which is again also a really dumb surface level reading of the movie like you also just have because no because they didn't watch if it didn't... if they fucking right. watched it they would know that's not true and that's how i can tell the difference between people who hate it because they're on the left and didn't watch it or they did watch it and they're on the right and they're paid to write shit and right. i got or, uh, or some Democrats examples of that and hate david sirota and saw themselves too much in the characters in this movie <laughs> right Right. Well, so I had uh, the fucking somebody um, what is this film updates uh, Twitter account has been tweeted out how it's like the most watched uh, Netflix release um, like ever in every country. It was like number one in every single country that Netflix uh, uh, streams in some crazy amount of like 157 million hours of streaming or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, so somebody replied to the this film updates tweet and said, "This uh, this would make me feel a lot better if they had once addressed the real underlying problem behind <clears throat> climate change and other ecological threats: consumerism, materialism, wealth hoarding, capitalism, which are all embodied and promoted by Hollywood." <laughs> Why, why would you say capitalism in four different ways? Like, why don't you just say capitalism? But, <laughs> like, If only the film had, like, like uh, so I replied to them. I was like, the entire film was about capitalism. What the fuck movie did you watch? <laughs> right. Right. It's very unsubtle. I mean, it's, and I it's, got it's, like four times as many likes on my tweet as theirs. It's like the, they literally it's the, the fucking they monetize the comet instead of saving the earth and it obliterates the fucking planet and all the rich people take off in a spaceship and leave all the poor people to die. Like if that's not more on the nail capitalism, I don't know what fucking thing you were watching, but you didn't watch this movie. Well, you know, and the the bigger problem is that I think people who say things like that don't actually have a bigger class analysis as to why capitalism is the root cause of all these other problems no they they don't understand what they're watching that's the thing they need somebody to to like turn a chair around backwards and sit down (laughs) and be like all right people we're gonna have a conversation about capital like they don't they can't you know captain america was in the movie so he could have done that he was and he was sitting in a chair so he very well could have just stopped in the middle of the movie and like I, I need to see a a, a a scene where uh, you know people are in a boat about to go over a waterfall (laughs) Uh, and that's the allegory for capitalism in order to understand it. If I don't see the boat going over the waterfall, how do I know it's about capitalism or not? Right. Right. And and that's the issue is that I think somebody like Sirota certainly and somebody like McKay understand that the reason climate change is allowed to go unchecked is because of capitalism. Like, why do we why do we burn so many fossil fuels? Why do we not fucking, you know, uh, uh, upgrade our system of transit and create a system of mass transit? Why do Why we- is Tim Kaine, a US senator, <laughs> allowed to drive a car 2 hours to to work? Why is he not federally mandated to have to take the train? The fucking well, Amtrak, the federal fuck which is our national yeah. our national subsidized federal rail program. Why are all congressmen and when and U.S. senators not federally by law required to take the train to get to work. Right. Right. You would think they would be um, when that's the other problem. Amtrak is like this kind of weird public private, you know, company. And if we did have an actual fucking public federal, you know, uh, rail system, uh, maybe a high speed rail system where people could use it to get from place to place. I I think a lot of this shit wouldn't be an issue, but you know, it's again, it's just all of this shit, but then who, you know, it's just, I I feel like people don't have an understanding of how everything is interconnected. And and so then when, like you said, they need to have it spoon fed to them as to, you know, this is the cause of the issue. But again, even if you need it spoon fed to you, I think this movie fucking kind of spoon feeds it to you. I mean, the, the CEO of this this bash you know company, which is obviously this kind of hybrid of Facebook and Tesla and Apple and fucking you know every you know the, the, run by this this guy um, played by Mark Rylance, uh, Peter Isherwell, who's you know a, a re- definitely a blend of like Elon Musk and and Tim Cook and Mark Zuckerberg. Um, he's the real villain of the movie. I mean, and he is the the crux of the movie is that literally we're 
led by the richest people in this country who also happen to be the stupidest people in this country. And they're going to kill us all in the name of capitalism. Like he, the movie, the movie is about how literally we had a plan to fucking stop this comet that was coming to destroy the, you know, destroy the earth. But they decided they could, you know, have their cake and eat it too. They could, Oh, well we have a plan that'll probably help fix the problem. Even though, you know, a bunch of scientists say that it's, it's not nearly as, uh, foolproof as as the other method but we can also make you know 150 trillion dollars from the, the mineral rights so you know let's just do that and you know i think so that was, 150 trillion was the actual number was, okay right yeah and, and and the whole plan when uh you know the suggestion that the plan needs to be peer-reviewed um the guy the rich elon musk guy loses his shit and basically threatens to kill uh the the uh protagonist leo dicaprio um but yeah i mean it's it's like you you couldn't make you know capitalists look more stupid and evil at the same time and yet and yet there's still people who say well this film you know it wasn't it wasn't uh left-wing and it wasn't uh critical enough of capital you know and it's it's just it's like and then all the other shit all this other I want to read this little bit here. Yeah. I don't know who wrote this and I don't care to look up who wrote this because it's just it's it's I'm one of those things where it's like like something that isn't political at all will escape most political criticism, even if it is extremely problematic, whatever it might be. But as soon as you start to kind of like dip your toe into the pool of, you know, left wing political anything, it will be ripped apart. Oh, yeah. By people on the left who have to just like get get their voice out there get a wedge in there to tell you why everything you did right was actually wrong because you didn't do it right right you know like you you go off to a protest demonstration uh a march whatever it might be and it's everything went great you know great camaraderie everything felt wonderful and then you get home and then, then see all the comments about it from people that weren't there how you did it wrong right right so just listen to this this is from, again, I don't know who the fuck this is from, but they write, Don't Look Up is a film directed by Adam McKay, Succession, The Big Short, Vice. In this film, it centers two astronomers. As soon as you, like, whenever I hear someone say, like, centers, mm-hmm. it centers somebody, like, it just, why do you have to use that word in that way? Just, like, it's it it stars two astronomers, like, it, it features, like, it's just when I hear the activist jargon come out front and center, I'm like, okay, <laughs> in this film, it centers two astronomers, Randall, Leo DiCaprio and Kate, Jennifer Lawrence. One of the things which continues to be clear is how disaster movies and movies about this is in quotes, science, <laughs> the word science is in quotes. One of the things which continues to be clear is how disaster movies and movies about science continue to erase and not reflect the perspectives and experiences of black and indigenous people specifically. Uh, Okay. So I just want to be clear what, what, what this person's saying is inherently racist in itself, because as soon as you, you say that black and indigenous people are somehow not a part of science, you're the fucking racist. Right. Well, that's what liberals do all the time. They pretend like that's their sole focus, but all they this do is... This isn't a liberal... This isn't a liberal perspective. This is... This 
specific person. This is a, exclusively an SJW perspective. And I use that as a pejorative because SJWs are the antithesis of social justice. Right. right. Well, because the other you're otherizing the, the group that you're trying to act like you're defending. You're like, like they all, yes. you know, you're, you're making them stand out as opposed to just, hey, these people all work in this field. and They happen to be black or indigenous or, you know, of, 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 of race other than white, which you are saying is the only right race that you see as the main race. And then you see all these other races as like, it's just, it's so fucking pandering and patronizing. Like if I was a black person or an indigenous person, I read that I'd be like, "Fuck off!" Like I, you know. Well, you don't have to be because there's a there's you know the three main characters that are trying to get the attention of the government. uh, One of them is a black man, right? He's He's the the leader of a a whole division of NASA. And the whole point of this movie is it doesn't matter if you are a prominent white person or a a a black man who is also a, a. a scientist who works for the government, they're going to ignore you either way. If this was just a bunch of indigenous people trying to meet with the president, everyone just, well, the the president's racist and that's why they don't take it seriously. It's not that they don't care if you're white or black, you're going to fuck, they'll exploit you and kill you anyway. That's the point of the movie. Right. So this, this fucking lunatic goes on, let alone these communities be able to sentence doesn't even make fucking sense. Let alone these communities being able to tell their own stories. That's a single sentence. That that's like a fragment sentence, right? Like always, when it concerns real life movements, movements is in quotes for some reason about climate change, eco fascism, and environmental injustices, Black and Indigenous women and femmes are excluded from the conversation as media can reflect real life. There is no coincidence that white girls, women, and femmes like Greta Thunberg continue to be the face in quotes the face of these discussions something don't look up does too well when you see kate's character's arc in the film it relates back to white feminism in the false rhetoric that somehow white women are the most unheard and end up being right but what isn't obviously reflected in the film is how all of these issues which the film either leaves out or provides a surface level mention of is because of white people simply tokenizing black characters in shots of indigenous people does nothing that's that's I, I know what, what movies about like they the didn't f- watch the movie that's the fucking thing they didn't watch the movie if they're saying this shit or, or they did and they just have the most warped fucking they watch everything through this lens where they want to immediately critique it because it's written by a white guy or it's made it, like it's just it's just so fucking there, there's and lazy fucking there's literally a scene in the movie where the black scientist talks about being disrespected and ignored by a white celebrity right i don't know if they did because they clearly didn't watch the same movie i did because they don't fucking remember that i mean the movie is about the thing they're pretending the movie has a problem with the movie is saying the same thing you're fucking saying and you didn't pay attention or you didn't watch it even gets that funny joke when they all get uh picked up by the fbi for the first time where he's like where they're where he's like all right you know just please please don't shoot me my 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 skin i have more melanin in my skin because my ancestors uh your ancestors came here and and my like and you know he starts like going on this this historical tirade and it cuts off mid uh sentence because you know just the the comedy editing of it but uh here's the the movie's not aware of these things that wrote that yeah if they actually watched the movie i guarantee they were white oh yeah for sure because somebody who is black 
is going to watch that and they're going to notice that scene. Both those scenes you mentioned or that right. we we mentioned, they're not going to ignore that because they're paying attention more <laughs> when there's a black person on screen than a white person is who clearly but, didn't pay attention to the scenes that actually had black people in them and what those scenes were about. But, you know, and the people who who cite things like this and try to f- and form this critique in every piece of art and entertainment are the same people that try to divert anyone's attention away from you know, more communal, more societal issues like the fact that like, hey, everyone needs to come together to stop this fucking comet or, you know, hey, everyone needs to come together to break capitalism's fucking back because it's killing us all, regardless of, you know, what we happen to be. Um, This is written by the by the fucking Nicole Hannah Joneses of the world who literally, you know, was was, when she was when somebody she was like, I don't understand why media would do this. And somebody was like, well, it's because, you know, everyone in media is rich and they're actually paid to, you know, ignore the the class structures that exist uh, and, and, you know, divert everyone's attention onto uh, more identity based issues. And she just writes false. Like, no, no, no further critical analysis. She thinks that that's all she needs to say. Meanwhile, and, and she's sponsored by Shell Oil for talks that she gives. Right. You know, like it's just... And I guarantee the people who are trying to drive this SJW wedge of identity politics into this, they know exactly how to do it. Well, we can't we can't talk about climate change. We have to talk about how there weren't enough uh brown skinned people in the movie. Right. So that's that's the real issue right. is why aren't there more um, you know, BIPOC women CEOs of Royal Dutch Shell and Chevron and Exxon. That's the real issue, not the fact that they're killing the fucking planet. Right. Right. And, and they know that identity even, politics, yeah. they know that identity politics is fucking catnip for liberals who can't fathom class analysis, can't fathom capitalism. Right. And like, well, I, I just don't have to think about it if I can focus more on race, right? And right. gender. That's that's right. the easy thing for them. And again, and, and, you know, the movie even makes fun of that, which I'm sure like this reviewer was was furious about when, you know, the president, President Orlean, who, you know, we'll talk about, I think, a little more in depth, you know, talks about like like hits all the, the, the liberal identity buzzwords uh, when she's giving her speech to the nation, you know, before they launch the first mission, uh, even though she clearly doesn't give a fuck about any of that. Like that's, you know, they 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 they, they poke fun at that. And I think that that's something that like the reviewer, if they did watch the movie, probably was like, oh, that, that this is fuck. Well, why would you, you know? Um, and, and, and again, you know, uh, that President Orlean played by Meryl Streep uh, in a great performance, I think. I think I think everyone in this movie was really good. And I think that just speaks to uh, the writing and also just uh, Adam McKay's, you know, uh, directorial ability and his ability to get great comedy dialogue to actually move a plot forward. Like that's something that you know adam mckay has this interesting background where he started doing doing these like really fucking over the top absurdist comedies like anchorman and Step Brothers, which are not at all like a reality you know i mean there's nothing outside of reality about them but they're like they're just completely farcical in nature and they moved on to more serious fare like the big short and um oh my god a vice which you know uh, are about really fucking serious, uh, you know, scum fucks, but are also really fucking funny because he can't help but bring that kind of improv comedic styling to all of his movies. Well, and, and what's amazing is in all of his films, I mean, you know, most of his recent films, they all have a very different tone, you know, it, and but the tone is consistent throughout that film. 
Right. And and most comedic filmmakers, they only have one tone. You know, Mel Brooks, every Mel Brooks film has the same comedic tone. Right. Right. I and, love that tone, but it's, yes, it's very one, you know, it's not, you know. Yeah. Like, like you compare Vice to Anchorman, you're like, that's a completely different kind like that, of comedy. You, that is not made by the same person. Like you would it's never hard in a million to believe. years. Yeah. Right. Believe that. But, but because of that, because he does such a good job and because people are, are so uh, they get the point that when they realize that they're the person that this film is making fun of. Right. That drives them fucking crazy. Right. And it's not because they think the movie's wrong or Sirota's wrong or McKay's wrong. It's because they know the right. And they know they're part of the problem, I think, is also the other issue. And they don't want to admit that. And especially, I think, a big part of this movie, outside of just the climate issue and, and the obvious overarching uh, uh, talk about capitalism, is that this movie lambasts and points a finger at one of the main culprits of of, um, of spreading this this propaganda, which is the media, the media culture, you know, both mainstream media, print media, um, you know, entertainment media, just our entire fucking you know uh, popular culture in general is is very heavily responsible for you know uh glossing over these things i mean that the 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 that show the daily rip the 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 fucking morning you know like uh regis and kathy lee or regis and kelly or you know kelly and michael whatever the fuck it is now type show that they have um is so fucking close to reality like it, you know again it's we talked about this off air, but like, you know, obviously this movie is a satire, but it's almost not a satire. It's so it's like, you know, five degrees to the, to the left or right of actual like reality. And in terms of like, it's depiction of a lot of these things. And that really is how fucking vapid and stupid and how averse to serious discussion our news media is and our, and our entertainment media is, um, is those two fucking idiots that, that host that morning show. Uh, Tyler Perry and uh, Kate Blanchett, but you know Tyler Perry, who has become a media empire unto himself, right? Uh, and started his own film production company and has a massive, massive production facility outside of Atlanta. Um, you know, g- good on him for like being in this movie and like getting the point and right. understanding this. Um, and I think that's also like to, to his credit, of course, but also the people that are, you know, then will basically say the opposite thing about someone like Leo DiCaprio, you know, Oh, it's just a, he's just a rich white guy who's profiting off of climate change uh, anxiety. Like what? Like, he's one of the richest actors, not like from, from just from his film roles. Like why would he want to fucking like, waste his time if this wasn't something he actually cared about you know and <laughs> like doing something right. about right and, and again it's because people haven't really looked at like what labor is and we've talked about this at length that you know like being a famous actor like sure you're famous because you did a very specific form of labor that everyone voluntarily pitched in nine dollars to go see you know when when a hundred million now, people yeah pay nine bucks to pay you know for your job you're gonna be wealthy sorry right. but that's that's not exploitive and and, 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 and hollywood versus the studio keeping all that fucking but like i'd rather see it go to the people who actually 
you know, yes. entertain me versus the people who fucking. Oh, Hollywood's all about co- corporate profits. Hollywood is the most unionized industry in America. I don't know yeah. if you know this. It's right but... up there with professional sports because it's such a, it's it was such so... a dependent yeah. industry on its performers and entertainers like all work is. But I think it's, that's something that a lot of people don't realize is that every job that we work in is fucking completely dependent on us being at that job. We all could have the power of fucking actors and or sports uh, figures, like in terms of the way that they're, you know, able to command such a high percentage of the profits from the industries that they're in. If we all fucking got together and unionized our industries, like that's literally what they did. Uh, let's not forget that Hollywood was going so far left into communism. They had to start putting people in jail to stop it. <laughs> right. Right. And they put a bunch of people that weren't even communists, but they just, you know, were were fighting that like Ray yeah. named a bunch of names during the during the Red Scare. And like and it was just like actors that he was, you know, competing for roles with because he wasn't a very good actor. Yeah. Wouldn't pick up his tab at lunch. So now they're communists. Right. Right. Um, but no, but there were a lot of legitimate communists and they, you know, of course, tried to root them out. Um, but there's still some, which is which is nice. To see. Dalton. Yeah. 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 Um, so but yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's just a real big part of everyone's like it just it, why everyone you know especially in the liberal blogosphere was so uh anti this movie i mean it's the the, the first of all sirota rubs a lot of liberals the wrong way because he's personally fought with a lot of the people that criticize that are criticizing this movie he was you know people used to refer to him as like bernie sanders attack dog in ads because he would just go at uh mostly the the you know the shit libs in the in the political establishment who would pretend to be neutral arbiters of of news and then would just constantly write like anti-bernie sanders news pieces like you know 24 7 during the primaries uh he went at it with them personally you know on in in, on you know news shows on twitter like so i think a lot of liberals were predisposed to hate this movie to begin with but i really think that it you know it, it it's 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 deeper than you know than a lot of people are are admitting to publicly because it's just they would have to take a more significant look at their own role in in assisting all of these these impending catastrophes like climate change which again like we are doing fucking less than nothing about we already you know and that's you know the big issue i think that people had with this movie one of the big issues that i think normal people had with this movie who didn't have that kind of agenda uh, I saw like a lot of dumb critical takes of like, well, you're supposed to offer a solution and or a happy outcome so that people feel inspired. And I'm like, guys, we already fucking lost. Like, this is not like I hate to be the fucking arbiter of bad news. But if you listen to climate scientists, you know, you know why you have a happy ending that's hopeful is so that everyone can leave the theater and not think. Right. Exactly. So everyone can go home, feel happy and do nothing. Right. Okay. So speaking of just like regular criticism, that's not uh, based on any kind of ideology. This was a just kind of random comment I saw from someone named Robin Holmberg. It's H-O-L-M-Berg. Holmberg. Robin spelt with a Y. So you know she's from Indiana. (laughs) (sighs) She says she totally contradicts herself twice here. She says, it wasn't a bad movie, but honestly, I thought, one, I am glad I didn't pay to see it in a theater. Two, that was two hours, 20 minutes. I will never get back. Three, I really don't like being preached at like this. 
So, so what was? Pr- <laughs> it wasn't a bad movie, but it's two and a half hours. I'll never get back. <laughs> right. Um, I'm glad I didn't pay to see it. I'm well. You did because if you're watching it on Netflix, you pay for Netflix. Right. Um, and, and I don't like being preached at like this. So, somebody responded or guy said, uh, "Your number three comment shows that you are exactly who this movie was satirizing." Right. Right. And that's that's the point is that so many people in their criticism looked exactly like the, the fucking goofy uh, media figures in this movie that that were being satirized. I mean, you know, all, the, all those New York Times, uh, like th- those those couple of meetings that they had were in the, you know, the New York Herald, which is obviously supposed to be the New York Times analog in the movie where they're sitting in the boardroom discussing, you know, the, the story that didn't get any traction whatsoever, the story that, hey. Uh, everyone's going to be dead in six months. And this is not like a, for like maybe thing. This is like a for sure going to happen thing. Got less traffic than like usual sports and traffic stories. Um, That's, that's like real. That's real. Like that's fucking what happens now in, in newsrooms when it comes to science and climate stories. I mean, this is not, I mean, I was reading a story the other day uh, about the fact that the ice shelf in Antarctica is, super close to breaking apart like like way closer than they like and way faster than they realized it would which would be complete fucking game over i mean for you know for the for the ocean levels not rising by multiple feet within our lifetimes and you know if the ocean levels rise three feet within our lifetimes you could say goodbye to most like coastal low-lying cities like miami uh new orleans i mean it's just they're going to be underwater like there's just only so much you can yep levy and build fucking you know diversions for the like you know new york already has fucking massive like seawalls that like try you know it's just not there's only so much you can do to prevent fucking nature it's it's going to be blade runner 2049 where the seawall is 200 feet tall um yeah but it's 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 insane how much the you know the media um pretends that it's not the media right when it when it when it looks at itself you know and it's like oh we're totally focused on climate change and it's not that big a deal i gotta i gotta read a little bit here from um so we did like the the far left sjw criticism that shows that they either didn't watch the movie or you know are are paid to pretend as though it's it's a left-wing criticism but i want to read a criticism from the far right here uh uh, just wait till i tell you who wrote this headline (laughs) la times as far as political satire goes don't look up fails in more ways than one (laughs) by jonah goldberg (laughs) buckle up people it's time to hear what Jonah Goldberg thinks about the movie. Don't look up. First of all, he—I'm—I'm I'm only going to read three paragraphs here, but he's saying the—the the, all the—he's going to list all the things that he thinks the, the film gets wrong. He can't even keep track of what the thing is in the movie because he calls the comet an asteroid at least two different times. A comet is not an asteroid. Fucking lunkhead. So, right off the bat, here's how much he paid attention. Meryl Streep's entertaining take on a female President Trump scores some points, but Trump isn't president. Joe Biden is. So, first of all, uh, she's not. Meryl Streep's president is a Democrat. She's fucking Hillary Clinton. There's a fucking picture 
of Hillary Clinton on her desk that she looks at fondly. Uh, and a picture of her and Bill like dancing or hugging him. But like, that's the whole point is that the, and you know, and there's, you know, on the, on the paint and the Oval Office, there's like a, there's a painting of fucking Richard Nixon, which, you know, even Republicans wouldn't be shameful enough to put up in, uh, in, hanging the Oval Office. I just get a tattoo that no one sees. But so he, he, the whole point is she's, she's, the reason they never stayed her party is because Adam McKay saying, hey, they both fucking do this. They're the same. This is literally. And he said that in interviews, like he gets asked all the time, well, is President Orlean a Democrat or Republican by fucking idiot, you know, interviewers. And he won't answer the question. Right. He doesn't answer the question. Yes. He's like, neither one has particularly done anything. And that's what, that's what drives people crazy is because they're, they're, they've been, you know, had this seed implanted in their brain their whole life that, you know, there's two sides to everything. It's Democrat and Republican. Right. And the Democratic Party uh, just can't get anything done, even when they have a supermajority because uh mitch mcconnell won't let them right, right. or the or lieberman court won't let them the parliamentarian um, or the guy outside selling umbrellas won't let them you know whatever the fucking yeah. so let me jump back here so meryl streep's entertaining take on a female president trump and eh, wrong scores some points but trump isn't president joe biden is and he calls climate change an existential threat all the time oh good he calls and he's that. not alone Sorota wrote speeches for Senator Bernie Sanders in 2020, and his old boss routinely said that kind of thing, too, as did virtually all of the Democratic presidential nominees. Yes, they said those things. They didn't do shit about it. Right. You fucking moron. Jonah like Goldberg. Bernie fucking would, fucking would have idiot. if he'd been elected president, if fucking idiots that didn't understand this movie didn't fucking vote for a, a, a right wing rapist like Joe Biden to be the fucking president. But so, so here's yeah. where Jonah Goldberg really shows the pathology, the insanity of the right. Cause if you think that, you know, just ignoring climate change, the way the Democrats do is bad. Here's what the right really thinks about climate change. So Jonah Goldberg writes, but here's the funny, ch- <laughs> sorry, but here's the funny thing. Climate change is not, an existential threat, like a planet-killing asteroid. Again, <laughs> it's a comet, not an asteroid. Right. Here's the funny thing. Climate change is not an ex- existential threat, like a planet-killing asteroid, which, let's just admit, would make for great TV. <sighs> Wouldn't it be great oh. TV to watch us watch the planet crack in half and every single human being's life extinguished? Ha ha ha! LOL. You know, my favorite scene, of course, in T2 was when everyone, well, all the children on the playground burned to a fucking crisp. That was my that was my favorite scene. I'm, I'm sure it was Jonah Goldberg's as well. Um, Again, he thinks he's going to be watching this from the spaceship that takes off with all the rich people. Right. You know, God, God's chosen people, the rich. <laughs> um, so he goes on. Not even according to the United Nations IPCC, whose worst case scenarios for climate change, as terrible as some are, manifest themselves over a century and would not end all life here. So oh it's not even going to, it's not even, it won't even kill every single living thing for 100 years. What's to worry about? Oh my fucking God. Imagine being such a fucking selfish cunt that you don't care about people who are going to be around literally in your lifetime. People who you birth, hopefully not you specifically, Jonah Goldberg, because you sound like a fucking psychopath, people who you birth are going to be around when the fucking planet collapses. And you're like, eh, whatever, not a big deal. 
Does, not everyone's going to die. Does Jonah Goldberg realize that Israel is still a country on Earth? <laughs> like, does he know that? that like, you're not. Yeah. I don't know if you Jonah understand. Jonah Goldberg, for people don't know, is one of the biggest right wing cranks in in all of media. His mother was involved in the fucking. She was the one who convinced Linda Tripp to go t- public with the fucking uh, Monica Lewinsky. You know the the what she was what Monica Lewinsky told right. her about about Bill. So he's he's been entrenched in that. He's like a legacy induction into the into the right wing blogosphere. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it's just yeah, it's so frustrating. These fucking morons, like just not understanding. And that's you know the people who love this movie were fucking climate scientists. I don't know if you read that Guardian piece. Um, by oh that, yeah, but it, it, they're all just like this is what we've been. It was so cathartic for climate scientists because they've been screaming at the top of their lungs, you know, like that. Much yeah, like screaming doesn't sound very hopeful, Anthony. I don't know if scientists realize that, but uh, <laughs> all they, this doom and gloom doesn't really inspire me to want to, you, know, you know, get out of bed in the morning. It's literally the scene in the movie where 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 uh, Kate uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character like flips the fuck out on national TV and says, "We're all for sure one hundred percent going to fucking die." And then Leo kind of makes an uncomfortable joke because he doesn't know what to do in the moment. And they're like, oh, we, we like you. We could have you back. Uh, Dr. Crazy Lady, yeah. not so much. But, uh, you know, the <laughs> Dr. Sexy or whatever they call him. Like, yeah, we'll have him back. That's I saw, literally I what saw they're doing. one uh, tweet about Jennifer Lawrence's character. And it said, when, this, when you see this girl in your neighborhood, you know it's being gentrified. And the girl that tweeted that, the young woman that tweeted that, looks exactly like the thing that... <laughs> right, like a white gentrifier. Yeah. Like like fucking tattoos on her knuckles of like a, you know, like little... Like a, you know, tattoo of like old-timey scissors on her elbow, you know, that shit. Um, and and I, just, I just tweeted back at her. I was like, hipsters hating hipsters for being hipsters. Um, so I had one <laughs> last paragraph from... Jonah Goldberg here and, and just just like he, he wasn't content with being wrong about everything else right but then he has to like just make a completely logical fail illogical fallacy at the end here he says McKay and company are free to disagree about the aptness of their analogy in the movie the only way to stop the asteroid again it's not an asteroid it's a comet do you <laughs> Fucking child, no science, right. different. There's no science literacy among the right. So, I mean, uh, yeah, that's in the movie. The only way to stop the asteroid is to push it off course by aiming nuclear weapons at it. Some argue that in real life, the only way to reduce carbon emissions is to use nuclear power. Sanders and many of his Democratic colleagues oppose that, which is odd if you actually believe we have no time to waste to save the planet. Yes, no, totally. Shooting, blowing up an asteroid. Fuck, he's got me saying it now. Blowing up a comet that's about to hit the Earth with a nuclear weapon in space is totally the same as using nuclear power in perpetuity and then just burying a bunch of radioactive nuclear waste in the planet that we're trying to keep alive. That's totally the same thing, you fucking moron. (sighs) Oh, God. Well, so... I want to, I have some notes I took because I rewatched the movie yeah. uh, yesterday. Uh, just some notes I want to get to that observations I made. Obviously, you know, I, one of the early comparisons I made to this movie when I was talking about it was sorry to bother you. And, you know, in, in terms of just the way it was kind of misunderstood by critics, but I think the more, even more apt comparison is, is get out because I think a lot of uh, liberals watched get out and were like, Oh yeah, you know, that was, those those fucking crazy conservatives they're so racist and didn't realize the movie was actually about them because they are 
yeah the fucking rich people in that movie. i mean it, it's and, it, it tracks way more with dr strange love uh, oh yeah i mean that's film. you know in terms of just a broader political satire of course but well it's it is about the literal end of the world. Um, right, right. <laughs> thanks no. to nuclear bombs, Jonah. Right. Um, and uh, here, let me just look through some of my other. <laughs> Jonah Hill, I, speaking of Jonah's, Jonah Hill I thought was fucking great in this movie. He's 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 such a great, and you know, he, he almost in a way feels like he's in a different movie, but he can't help but bring his, he, he's almost like a legacy holdover of McKay's like first life as a director where he was doing those kinds of oh, comedies yeah. with the seth rogans and those types of guys um but he yeah. brings that we're, great... we're all the all the lines are improv yeah. the whole movie is fucking improv like right like there's a script but right. like if you look at the script it's nothing that's said <laughs> when, in the movie when jonah goldberg's talking to uh jennifer lawrence and he's, jonah he, Hill, he, yeah. he called what would i say jonah goldberg because we were just oh god that. damn it fucking <laughs> jonah hill right when the jew in the movie says the thing to the person uh no the the line uh boy with the dragon tattoo i was he like totally it. fucking came up with that on set oh 100 <laughs> percent. and like the thing where like leo's like really like breathlessly explaining to orlean the the, the comment he's like just could you, could you just please relax like you're really freaking bad like he's like i know and i know but you're breathing so <laughs> he's just so fucking good at like <laughs> little riffy things like that that you know are just not in the script um yeah maybe want to go back and watch uh wolf of wall street too because right so that's (laughs) he's so fucking funny in that movie and this feels like in some ways like i think mckay is doing a lot of what scorsese did with that movie and just you know really creating this these these effortlessly funny movies that are about like very non-comedic uh subject matters and about people that are worthy of our scorn um and and it felt in a lot of ways like that movie to me just you know because of jonah's involvement and leo's involvement um and they work really well together even though they're not in a ton of scenes in this movie together i I just think they they play off of each other uh really well and leo by the way i should mention lee i really loved leo's performance in this movie too it's a very different leo than we're used to seeing he's got this you know weird like kind of michigander how was his accent by the way i meant to ask you the other day do you think it was accurate or like yeah no they they leaned out of the accent um early on he had it more prominently i think nah i mean i don't know i thought uh what's the what's the kid from dune uh to chalamet timothy chalamet I thought he did. He had a better Michigan accent than yeah. probably anybody, but you know he's British, so of course he would, <laughs> right? Because because it's not at all his normal voice. Like Leo just slips into his normal American voice versus oh, right. somebody who's got to really right. study like to not be. Um, but no, I was, yeah. So it was, okay, so it was more in the Marky Mark like accent from The Departed pantheon of like not I mean, quite. I don't know if you know Mark Wahlberg. I don't can't think of a more Boston person than than that but um he just felt so like fake in that movie. like his accent in that movie felt so fake even though he is like you know it, he literally beat an asian man almost to death like in a hate crime early in his life so i mean there's nobody more boston than mark Wahlberg. Yeah. but yeah um i saw somebody tweet out i don't remember who it was but i saw somebody tweet out that um leo dicaprio had uh ruined his star credibility with this movie <laughs> which i was like you mean, you mean the super successful movie he's like the star of and is constantly like I, okay the the, the <laughs> guy what a weird criticism has been a, a leading man in hollywood since he was a teenager 
has burned up all of his star credibility. The guy who's like every single movie he's ever made, you've watched, obviously, right. a person who thinks he's lost his star credibility. And he's the been guy, amazing in despite the quality of the, you know, whether the movie yeah. was good or not. The guy that made a Netflix thing, the number one uh, in every mm-hmm. single country in the world. Netflix street. He's lost all of his credibility. No one's ever going to watch that loser again. It wasn't when really. he played the, the super maniacal racist slave owner. <laughs> that wasn't when he... Oh, man. Uh, and, and, of yeah. course, was the most compelling part of that movie. Uh, yeah, so... Um, let me just go through some of my It was up notes. there. It was definitely up there. I mean... No, and and Chris Christoph Waltz, too. Fucking great in that movie. You know, it, everyone I mean, involved Fox in that movie. Is, is still just commands the scene even when so he has no lines of dialogue so understated you know? um again this just everything he does is amazing you know he he's like kind of barely even in spider-man spider-man no way home but every scene he's in you're just you're constantly watching him he is like, what, so, what's he gonna do what's he gonna do like, you know what he the, was what the fuck is he up to right you can always tell he's like in this he just every little thing he does He's such a great understated uh, subtlety. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his performance in collateral too. I mean, is so fucking good. He's so like he, just one of the most sympathetic characters in movie history. It, it, the, the, the taxi driver in fucking in collateral who just gets roped into this fucking nightmare scenario with, it was with, a Michael Mann with, um, yeah, Tom, with Tom Cruise, right? Tom Cruise also one of his yep. great late career roles where he plays the hitman that like you know, <laughs> late career roles that came out like 20 years ago. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you, you know, <laughs> other than that, he hasn't really uh, outside of mission impossible. I don't think he really makes much. Everything else after just... color of money was like a downward spiral for Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, and yeah, Jamie Foxx for sure. What like, cause that was the big debate in like the mid nineties was like, Oh, Jamie Foxx or Wilson smith who's going to be the more successful kind of like uh, yeah. comedy sitcom you know black actor to spend it was like yeah well will may have did some bigger box uh box office things but in terms of art you know artistry and actual yeah. like acting ability uh will smith's not the one with the oscar <laughs> fucking jamie fox well we talked one. about this a few months ago i forget what uh episode it was but we were like will smith today is now saying that you know he didn't because he was approached by quentin tarantino to play the lead role in django Django, unchanged and he and he said like recently in an interview that well that movie's not about love and i'm all about love but somebody went and backed and and like looked up what he said about why he didn't take the role at the time and it was because he didn't get to kill the bad guy in the movie and you know like like the rock has to always win every fight he's in in every movie he plays as part of his writer it just it's like what a stupid thing like because it's not about that and right. <laughs> and jb fox was like i'll play the shit out of that because right. <laughs> and... i'm gonna make it iconic whether i fucking kill the bad guy or not right um right. Well, that was point. his big that was his big bitch is that he didn't get to kill uh leo in the movie because uh what's uh right. christoph vault shoots him but it's it, it served the plot a lot more but anyway, anyway. It's, it's, yeah but it's it's also just recognizing like what makes a good story versus what makes your ego happy right and what makes a good movie versus what makes it a vehicle for and, and you that's, and that's why jamie fox is, is 10 times the actor that will smith is because he understands that the story is more important than the way you look right and if you go along with that you're gonna look better anyway <laughs> right, well i mean fuck uh another michael mann movie that jamie fox did and i'm not sure if you, did you ever see ali the with will smith uh fucking the one who got the critical acclaim for that movie was jamie fox because he played the fucking like his his like crackhead trainer friend like the guy with he looks 
feel like I saw it a long time ago and very late at night, and I don't remember much of it. But yeah, it was I, really good. I, but it's you know, yeah. it, he he was the one who really got the critical acclaim for that movie because he plays this like <laughs> kind of like like you know n- you know can't do right kind of buddy of his who ends up coming back to him in the end. But like it's yeah, he he yeah, much better actor. But anyway, um, yeah, what uh some other little notes. Um, yeah, I mentioned the Daily Rip. It's perfect microcosm of like daytime television if you've ever been home like during the day and just flipped on any of those fucking you know the 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 fucking you know regis and kelly or uh wendy williams show any of those morning television shows that are made for like board housewives it's just the the view i mean it's just the most fucking substanceless like you know oh we don't talk about those icky things here because they upset us type uh programming you'll ever find and that's really what you know mass entertainment largely is you have to really seek out things that are going to upset you and challenge you and that's not you know and anytime somebody brings something up like that on one of those shows it's like in this movie where they're just fucking like like uh, we, we like to keep it light here so uh you know, right. you know maybe don't do that um what else here uh i really like the way uh that mckay cut the movie together i really like the the the, the kind of jazzy score throughout i really thought lent to the you know to the the, the I kind of remember the score it, it was it's very understated it's very like jazzy yeah. and fast and like there's a lot of quick cuts and like you know you cut, th- that's a big thing of comedy is knowing when to cut because i mean if you you know you can you can make or break a comedic dialogue scene by not cutting it right uh or you can make a scene a lot better by cutting it you know exceptionally when it's not mm-hmm. all that good to begin with and i think that's something that mckay inherently understands from his early days of working with these you know improv greats in his career that he he just fucking nails that aspect of it um jonah yeah jonah hill what a, what a great fucking fail son character he is like he's just the the embodiment of every one of these <laughs> dickheads that we see you know in 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 positions of like media influence or political power like it's not he i mean like if you've ever seen veep with uh julie louise dreyfus Mm -hmm. you know like he clearly he gets that like that that's what washington really is and he totally brought that where he's just talking to these regular people just so absurdly rudely that they're like they don't even know what to say they're like what 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 did you just say to me <laughs> right like, they can't like, even are... fathom <laughs> and he's mad at her for not putting a suit on he's like hey thanks for dressing up <laughs> <laughs> just like wh- why dress up for somebody so fucking rude right. like your office has no le- legitimacy when you're a piece of shit well, he you also know? has no legitimate experience you know she's like are you her fucking son like what are you doing here like what's your yeah exactly what are you fucking doing here um well, i think that's where people liberals looked at that and said oh this is this is an anagram for trump because of nepotism and it's like no it's it's the same fucking like how many times has joe biden uh you know coasted on Hunter the out of the fucking yeah fire. just riding on the coattails of a dead man who happens to be his son um, right right or that one yeah. he's like well his son died i have to vote for him now again that's why we can't have health care because his son died of cancer so that's why it wouldn't be fair very personal to him i can't absolve student debt because it wouldn't be fair to my son who never had any student debt you see how that works these are things he actually fucking said (laughs) oh god um 
I love the uh, the running joke of the general like charging them for snacks, which you know it, it pops <laughs> up in funny ways. Like when she's just laying there, and you think she's with Timothy Chalamet, you think she's talking about Leo. He's like, oh, you know, I, I just think he he thrives on power. You know, any power. Like you know, he knew we would eventually find out the snacks were free, but he still. I don't understand. <laughs> he just keeps bringing it up at random points in the movie. It's so fucking funny. And it's also a great analogy for the military industrial complex and how we just funnel, you know, money to them that they don't fucking need. I thought that was even like a, just a subtle little, you know, nod to that, like with, yeah. <laughs> tied yeah. with even the-, the Pentagon's internal audits basically say we don't need this much money. Stop giving us this much money. And Congress is like, nope, job creator. Ka-ching. Right, right. right. Um, you know, just and, and just some there's just great little bits of that, like when they're in the uh, in the. Uh, uh, fuck uh what's the room called with the mission control when they're in mission control you know watching the uh the launch take place and uh isherwell comes in the 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 musk uh analog guy um and leo or, or kate or one of them is like uh is he allowed to be in here and Jordan was like oh yeah no no worries he's a he's a platinum eagle level donor he's he's allowed full access full security right. clearance it's just just That's, subtle you don't need like, security clearance you just walk in oh i'm i'm a trillionaire so what right. else you got right and he he's fucking great mark rylance as as that character is so fucking pitch perfect as like this guy who thinks he's like super you know he, like he's operating on another level but any real person that looks at him is like Oh, he's just a fucking idiot. Like he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's not a scientist. Right. He's not an inventor. He literally doesn't know what he's talking about, but he thinks that he is above reproach because he's, you know, explored enough people to. This is this is the thing is you don't you don't have to explain anything if you're rich. Right. I mean, Elizabeth Holmes was just convicted of of four counts of felony fraud for creating a company and tricking investors into thinking that a single you know, ounce of blood could be used for over a hundred different tests. Right. Right. And, and people gave her work. hundreds of millions of dollars because they just believed her because of her wealth. Right. And her looks. <laughs> I mean, she, she certainly the Joe Bidens of the world, I think were taken in more by her, by her physical appearance than anything. Other I don't about. know. Fucking looks they're talking about her fucking Dumbo ears and her. Well, I think, you know, for, like for a guy like him, who's attracted to like a, you know, traditional like Western, <laughs> like blonde, blue eyed fucking, you know, yeah not my type but it's certainly if anything if anything she was way too old for for joe biden (laughs) that's that's right that's true uh or or the fucking henry kissingers of the world who also was taken in by her um who unfortunately didn't have to testify that would have been a real funny sight them wheeling him in how did we lose betty white before henry kissinger it's like it's just there's no justice in the world there's no justice. nothing has been good since carrie fisher died four years ago have you noticed that everything is every year has gotten twice as shitty as the year before <laughs> ever since princess leia general leia shoved off this mortal coil yeah i th- I, th- I think we're unfortunately uh, heading for a critical mass because it can't surely it can't get any worse than this he says <laughs> um oh my but, god if, if kissinger outlives jimmy carter oh i'm gonna fuck. i'm gonna fucking light, i'm gonna light shit on fire if jimmy yeah. carter dies before henry kissinger i will light shit on fire you heard it here first, it's, folks. It's gonna, it's gonna happen, unfortunately. Jimmy Carter. If I have I, to buy a thing just to light on fire so that I don't actually <laughs> technically break any laws, I will do it. <laughs> Hang in there, Jimmy. Right. Absolutely. Um. Though. Uh. 
fuck where was i okay uh, so yeah the uh issue but mark rylance by the way i, I love just one of the subtle things i don't know if he thought it up or adam mckay or whoever but the, the fucking fake teeth they put on him are kind of subtle but it adds so much to his fucking over overt like goofiness and like just it, it, it's fucking great like the, the big fucking chompers like in the in, of his front teeth that he has it looks like elon musk's teeth right he, they're, he, his they're, teeth look like they're fucking fake as fake as his fucking hair his right. hair is a fucking wig right because we've seen pictures of him from 20 years ago where he was completely balding and now he's got a full head of like that weird fucking short but like full hair so it's like yeah uh that's definitely from somebody else oh god um, i just googled elon musk teeth and now i'm fucking dying <laughs> look at this just do it do it real quick okay, just, yeah. just google elon musk teeth oh god <laughs> there's also a picture of joe biden's fake teeth in the in the uh early search results oh wow right um oh god and and there's also a picture of elon musk with his before his hair transplant and oh yeah side by side you're like holy fuck Uh, i don't know how you lose that much hair when you're still a teenager like what he also did (laughs) something cosmetically to make himself look whiter i don't know what it is but you look at these two side by side like you he 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 tried to de-ethnicize his uh face it looks like if i if i wasn't yeah it looks like he fucking changed his jawline too yeah there's some weird oh god fucking rich people i swear to god but yeah i mean and, and elon musk is a great analogy for for uh Ishuel in this movie because he invents this fucking thing you know obviously the big the big turning point of the movie is when they send this mission up and it all of a sudden is diverted because you know his team of scientists Ishuel's team of scientists at bash uh discover that there's a bunch of really valuable minerals that they um can mine from this rock which they need to make their cell phones and you know there's just a great little nod to the casual xenophobia also of of uh of the u.s where he's like and well you know in china china has their their big panda paw on all the mines so we have no access to these minerals that are vital in making these chips you know it's which which you hear all the time in news media and you're like oh no that's like i when i hear that i'm like oh that's racist but like that's never something that crosses most people's minds because like racism against china is totally fucking permissible in u.s like media culture and media society that's like not even thought of Uh, you know and russia yeah and pretty much any east asian country uh country is totally fair game for like casual racism um so i thought that was like just a nice little nod with that bit of dialogue but um he invents these these fucking like these robots uh uh that don't fucking work <laughs> it's like he's just this is elon musk he's like oh no this is this we're gonna take everyone up on on these flights to the moon and it's like nothing you invent fucking works you just recalled a quarter of all cars that you've sold in the existence of your company because they fucking blow up on people and then they can't stop running into people when people have them on these self-driving modes they can't help almost killing people and in some cases actually killing people yeah um Nothing he invents fucking works because he's not an inventor. He's a rich guy who didn't even start Tesla. He's a fucking he he took right. over Tesla and fucking, you know, well, space SpaceX, too. It's like they, right. they've had all they, these rockets blow up, but that's sort of to be expected when you are doing experimental things with rocket fuel. Um, but again, it's like it's he's not a rocket scientist. He didn't come up with the end he's of that not a scientist he's not a, he's, he, fucking, he's like he's like edison where he just put his name on all the patents and he didn't fucking create anything 
He just forced a bunch of inventors to work for him and right. took credit for their work. That's why his Typical name is so ironic because he he literally stole <laughs> much like Edison stole from Tesla is just right. you know stealing from oh, other God, people's so ironic. work. Um, or maybe it's not. Maybe he knows what he's doing, and that's why he took that name. Well, <laughs> it, the, the, the hilarious thing about this movie is like he can't even land these fucking. They can't even land on the comet without crashing. But in real life, I don't know if you remember this. Six years ago, NASA actually did land a probe on a comet. We did that. Right. It was Which fucking is awesome. incredibly <laughs> fucking hard. I mean, the, the the science that went into making that work, the 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 orbital calculation to get the exact landing sequence right on that is incredible, well, way beyond our comprehension. And, and, the, and the reason why it's so hard is because the the comet's in a regular shape. So it's gravity is fucking all over the place. Right. And it's gravity is also really small. So trying to kind of like come in and, and like the, the orbit was probably looked like a fucking pretzel. But but I love the fact that like in real life, we totally crashed into it, bounced off of it and, and f- like went flung it back out into space and was like, uh oh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty sure it's broken now. Right. Uh, and then was still able to to land it and had like a day of battery left to, to you know, do some core samples and burrow into it. And um, I was like, fuck, yeah, NASA. <laughs> like that's that's where that's where it's at you know right not not this fucking everyone's like oh nasa's such a waste of you know it's a giant waste of money burrowing tunnels under the ground to reinvent the subway that only carries one person at a time going two miles an hour that's no, a fucking waste of money seems like an efficient way to move people uh i i think i don't know <laughs> i don't know i i don't know about you but i'd love to be trapped in a in a vehicle that where in a tunnel so small that i couldn't even Open doors Open the or door escape, the car to get out. Uh, and a car that's known to explode <laughs> spontaneously and then not oh, even God. firefighters can put it out um, because it burns the battery inside of it burns so fucking hot for so many hours uh, that it's impossible to put out. That's something I totally want to sign up for. The, the um, battery that doubles the weight of the car. Yeah, right, right. Because it. it's so fucking big. It's, it's, it's like like it, it, the funny thing is, like we talk about e-vehicles, e-bikes, e- electric assisted bicycles. Right are the highest selling like electric vehicle on the planet right now. But even then I'm still kind of anti those because it's like, well, but the battery weighs 25 pounds. Like if you just got rid of the battery, you wouldn't need it to be electric assist in the first place. So like what, <laughs> what? I, yeah. Anyway, it's great. They're out there, I guess. It's, for people better, it's who, better than the alternatives. I think certainly, <laughs> certainly, certainly. It's just like, you know, like I, I could never carry an e-bike up a flight of stairs. No, right. No. Like that's why they're in, it's it's right. the fucking rent you know rent culture that that America you know they don't want anyone to own anything they don't want anyone to be self sufficient in 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 actuality they want you to right. be just dependent on, on well it, and it's just they start making the e bikes faster and faster and then it's just a fucking motorcycle and now there's people driving basically electric motorcycles right. on the fucking bike path that's supposed to be for non motorized vehicles and they're going forty miles an hour flying now the fucking thing and it's like okay you just reinvented the car at this point and <laughs> right. now and now the cars are just driving on the fucking jogging path asshole right but less um, safe <laughs> which which they actually do here in Chicago I was almost hit by a guy in a full size SUV uh driving on the Navy Pier flyover which is a com- a bike path that's completely separate from any other roadway for miles in in every direction i don't even know how he got on it with this fucking van was he like a city um, worker or something like what the fuck was no, he even doing no it? he was just fucking drunk he was so oh. drunk that after he realized he was stuck and couldn't go any further because he's like literally on like the lift span of the bridge but where it's just for 
bicycles. It's not even meant for cars to fit, I imagine. Yeah, there's there's like fucking trash cans in like a railing, and he's stuck there. He was so (laughs) drunk he couldn't back out, and he had had to have like his two daughters get out and try to guide him. Uh, oh, that, that's nice. Driving with his two daughters while he's drunk. That's that's what a, yeah, what I, a model parent. I, I definitely took pictures of it because I was just like, this motherfucker. Um, Damn. um yeah. yeah, so uh back to my notes here. <laughs> <laughs> um but 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 yeah, and, and that's great. And just that scene with him and Leo is so fucking such a real scene of like what I imagine anyone who questions Elon Musk, because we've seen him publicly do it on Twitter. I imagine it's even more over the top and cartoonish like this in real life anytime he's questioned he just has no defense he's just like don't you know what i'm trying to like he just he's a fucking idiot you remember the remember the kids trapped in the cave how that ended oh my god yeah i mean literally he was like well you won't use my submarine what's wrong with you he's like your submarine won't fit through the cave He's like, you're a pedophile. Right. He, he literally accused what? one of the rescue workers who was trying to save kids out of a fucking trapped in a mine of being a pedophile because he wouldn't use his fucking submarine, which they proved did not fucking work. Like, that's th- this it is just, literally it wouldn't just, fit. It they, wouldn't literally, fit. They showed they had to show a fucking map, like a contoured map of the cave and how it went around mm-hmm. these corners and how his submarine wouldn't fucking fit through those curves because it was too long too big it's just like you and he's not even there he doesn't fucking know anything he's just i'm a rich guy so i should weigh in on this right and i'm gonna you know i'm gonna use the good pr from this this is the same as like when he tweeted about how you'd you know if somebody could provide him with a plan he would pay to have all the pipes and flint fixed and a bunch of people were like hey why don't you you know we're i'm 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 with this uh organization for public health we've been working on this for blah blah blah. why don't you set up a meeting with us he's like no i demand to see a plan like on twitter like i demand you to tweet me this is the way rich people operate they're fucking idiots they they don't know anything and this is why it makes me nuts when people act like they earn this money through some kind of meritocracy when they typically luck into it and or use you know nefarious means to gain it is they don't fucking know anything. They want to be presented like a children's drawing. Like, you know, they, they, they want everything in layman's terms to be explained to them in, you know, five minutes. And then they just want to wave a hand at it and say, yeah, sure. Throw some money at that. And I'll put my name on it. They have no understanding of how anything is actually done. Uh, and that's, and that is what I thought was done so perfectly with this Isherwell character and why he's like the real crux of the movie and, and why the movie is actually a critique of capitalism. Um, Oh, and one of my other favorite lines from this movie, um, when Kate has to go back to uh, live with her parents because she, you know, gets gets black bagged again and she has to sign an NDA and, you know, she can't work on this anymore or anything. She's got to go back to working at uh, the local liquor store uh, and she goes to go into her things and her parents go, you know, no politics. Uh, your dad and <laughs> her mom goes, uh, your dad and I are for the comments that the job, uh, the, the jobs that the comet will provide, which is i mean literally the funny it's so funny but it's so fucking accurate it's like god damn that's literally the way people fucking talk about this shit like it's it's right it's it's mike pompeo trump's uh secretary of state saying you know that the melting ice caps are going to provide enormous economic uh potential and what he means by that is is we can go drill for oil in the arctic now right right it's it's you know which which biden had to you know, was forced to off uh, auction off the uh, Arctic and the Gulf drilling rights, or so the administration claimed. And then they later, uh, a couple weeks ago, admitted that they legally weren't bound to auction off the drilling rights uh, to, to the Gulf and to the Arctic, um, but did it anyway. Um, and 
climate scientists have said that that's like you know it, it's already and again this is the thing with this movie and why it's so grim but it's so accurate we're already way past the point where we can stop like massive ravages of climate change within our lifetimes like the, no for we're gonna cars going over the cliff why not slam on the accelerator and get it over with right well, there's money to be made right up until the point that the car hits the bottom of the canyon and explodes right okay and we could certainly you know do things to mitigate the impact for future generations but we've made it so vastly accelerated and on such an exponential level of growth the the actual you know fucking carbon we're putting into the atmosphere that it's game over for us. Like we're not going to be able to fix this in our lifetimes. So we're, we're going to perpetually live in a world that's, that's eroding, you know, in terms of livability for the human race. And that's our fucking fault. And that's something that we, you know, don't ever reckon with. Cause it's fucking, it's, you know, like the movie tries to like say like, Oh, that's depressing. We don't want to talk about that here. We would like to keep it light. Like that's the way that, you know, people, can cope with their roles in this situation especially people in power but um yeah i mean that's just you know what we're seeing on a daily basis is how, how can we commodify this fucking suffering you know how can we you know create this fucking black market for rapid antigen tests by you know fucking not making enough of them and then a company like abbott destroyed thousands of them you know, when the when the vaccines first came out and the cases were dipping down and they thought they actually had a handle on this, uh, rather than just storing them away for the inevitable next wave of COVID, they destroyed a bunch. Uh, and now nobody can find a fucking rapid test. So like that's, you know, and they're selling on eBay for fucking, you know, $100 a box. Like that's what, the, you know, we, we commodify fucking suffering in this country. It's it's just so unbelievable. Um and that, that was actually a funny joke. I don't even know if you caught this. It was very subtle. Um, it, it was like a kind of background running joke about shovels in this movie. Like there was, um, you know, on one news report, you know, they mentioned like, oh, yeah, me and my husband are getting shovels. And then uh, when Leo's driving through Lansing or what's supposed to be Lansing, I imagine it wasn't actually shot. In Definitely Lansing. wasn't Lansing. Right. Just just from the streets alone, you're like, there's, there's, there's. <laughs> right. It was probably fucking, you know, Burbank, but, um, right. The, or, or just a set, um, <laughs> there's a cell phone store in the back of him and it says shovels only $500. So what that was actually for is that I think they were saying that a big portion of the right wing or whoever in the movie was saying that, like, we're just going to dig down and like bury ourselves in the sand and like literally avoid the comet by being below the surface of the earth and that's how they'd survive the comet so i think that was actually right a running joke going in the back or, or the or the shovels were for like digging up your own scraps of the comet to profit off it yourself maybe i don't know but yeah but that, that was the, that was the it, what i thought the implication was was like oh if we dig down we'll be under the surface so then when the comet hits the surface we'll be fine because <laughs> you can't look up if you're underground that right yeah. that also um well my my favorite one of my favorite moments um it was was the chris evans cameo oh yeah right the fucking two second cameo where he plays uh, um devin peters in the fucking... you, you really realize like he's because he, he plays such a swarmy asshole in knives out that like you forget that he's you completely he makes you forget he's captain america mm. in that movie and that's a hard thing to forget like when an actor does a like a long stint as a superhero and then goes on to do other things. You're just like, oh, that's 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 fucking Batman still. Like that's right. 
Hugh Jackman mm-hmm. in anything is Wolverine. You know, like you right. can't you can't right. shake it. And you and and immediately Chris Evans goes and plays the, you know the, the spoiled rich asshole uh, in Knives Out, and you're like, I don't even recognize this guy anymore. And then <laughs> again, it's like that's that's the job of an actor is to he's versatile though. He's you don't. He, his you early know, career right. was all like dickhead, like jock roles, like before he kind of got that. So right. he's, he's very good at that also. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he has this short little bit, you know, and he's he, like, the, I, I love that the, what is it? Um, oh, what was the name of the fake movie? In oh, it? Total, uh, Total Devastation. Total, Total Devastation. <laughs> right. And if you notice, the movie poster is identical to the movie poster for Total Recall. Uh, the, right. the first one with Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, decent remake in 2014, I think, with Colin Farrell. Actually, right. uh, where they don't go, they don't even go to Mars. They don't even go to Mars. Um, and but they like make a joke about it. it. It's it's, I guess, apparently closer to the original source material. But anyway, so he's he's you know everyone's like the the slogan on you know liberal slogan is to look up, and then the right is like don't look up, which is the name of the movie. And he's got this pin on and his interviewer is like, so you've got an interesting pin. It's got an arrow <laughs> pointing up and pointing down. And he says some like centrist nonsense about like how it's time to stop being divisive and political. And it's time to look at both sides. And it's just it's like so perfect. Bro, it was perfect. The, yeah. the way that the media fucking just like, well, he, I mean, we have to give Nazis an equal time and platform because they have a point of view too it's like no no you don't you don't get (laughs) the fucking oil executives don't get to have an equal amount of time as the climate scientists right in actuality they get way more time because one in five commercials on primetime tv is for a car which they also have not an accident right and they also even have that scene where where kate and um and the uh fuck i forget his name the director of the uh interplanetary defense at nasa are, are sitting there across from like two right-wing cranks who are like, are we sure there's even a comet? And, and then like, what, why are we, why are we here? Like, yes, we're sure there's a comet. Like we, we saw it with our own, like they just have one of those, like, you know, talk shows. And uh, Michael Chiklis is one of the fucking guys on the, uh, you know, one of the conservative cranks on like the Fox news analogous company, right. I guess. But uh, well, that, that's, that's the cognitive dissonance that they try to put out there and and feed to people is that, a, the problem doesn't exist. But B, if the problem does exist, it's a good thing and we can profit from it. Right, right, because they win either way. And I, they'll say the same, they'll say both things at the same time, too. We'll say, well, it's not nearly as bad as you think, but if it is, actually it's a good thing. Right. And, and they'll they'll argue both things at the same time, and media will put these people up and say, Well, we you know, we took climate change seriously. We had a climate scientist and we had the ceo of exxon i mean that's how are we not doing our jobs right those are the two sides of the argument um and (laughs) i love that just another little funny tag at the end when uh, they cut back to that right-wing show with michael chiklis where where like right when the comet is is about to hit and he's like you know we're of course talking about the the one thing that's on everyone's minds topless urgent cares <laughs> you know where where are they located when he just starts going into this long fucking thing like as the comet is literally hitting and they're cutting the scenes of you know just devastation oh my God. um I, I love at the very 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 end the uh the post-credit or mid-credit scene because i knew there was going to be one because now there has to be a mid-credit post-credit scene and everything well and that's also spoofing big you know uh, distro- disaster movies is to have one right. of those scenes you know when when the fail sun emerges from the rubble 
And he's like, yo, I survived, yo. And he's like putting it on his foot. Like, what cell network does he think he's connecting to at that and moment? He's, and he thinks he's, and he's like, ah, I'm the last man on earth. And he's like tweeting it out to his fo- like live streaming for his followers, all of whom are there's, dead. There's no more Twitter. I don't know if people know this, but uh, once you get rid of the electrical grid uh, and the cell towers, uh, there's no way to transmit that. Well, it's uh, not all total loss then if we get rid of Twitter. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, but uh, it, so one of the things I mentioned to you, I think, when we were talking about the movie, you know, in the week before this, is Leo. You know, there's a great commentary on on the classical trap of capitalism that Leo falls into because he's this, you know, mild mannered, you know, scientist from Michigan with this nice kind of like homely wife and life at home and everything, and you know, um, he falls for the allure of celebrity and the allure of of like having money and power. And, you know, he even justifies it to himself when they're all sitting in that that like shrimp bar or whatever the fuck they're in, uh, the, the like Bubba Gump shrimp place, uh, why he's still on the scientific advisory panel for President Orlean, even though they know that they're doing this stupid fucking plan that's not going to work so they can, you know, make money off this this comet. Um, he's like, well, wouldn't you rather have me in the room there? Like, and that's the way a lot of people justify to themselves participating in like the shittiest industries and and aspects of of you know our modern society the the the, the aspects that that right. most you know it's, it's it's this it's the i can fix him mentality right while also knowing you can't but recognizing how being in that room is going to benefit you personally right um so i i wanted to um if you were kind of wrapped up with your the notes you had there uh i wanted to read because i've read like a a big chunk of of criticism of it from the right and the left but i wanted to read a little bit from somebody who understood this movie well Mm -hmm. uh from a a left-wing perspective yeah um oh you know wait let me i have two more a couple two more quick notes just to wrap up and then we'll, we'll get to that um when one of the, you know one of the criticisms I saw a lot of this movie is like oh and again this is just completely missing the point of the movie and the fact that this was on purpose but everyone's like oh it's so America centric like oh yeah like you don't think the rest of the world would be involved which number one is not even true in the movie itself like there's other you know missions to try to stop this um, right, again they didn't watch the movie they right didn't they didn't watch, watch the, movie. the movie but also it's very clear at the end of the movie that there's actually a joint effort between countries that aren't fucking as idiotic as america like there's a joint mission from between china and russia and a couple of other countries probably just a un mission that uh has a explosion at their launch facility which is obviously you know america fucking drone that 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 launch site like they they, you know america probably under the direction of isherwell like like blue like sabotage that mission it's implied yeah it's 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 heavily implied that the u.s sabotaged it Um, right it was, but, it was but we don't we don't ever really see it up close. In fact, when that when they show that explosion, you're, you're kind of like for a second being like, "Wait, was that the comet?" But right, they're like, "No, right. that's wait." You know, it's a massive explosion, like mushroom cloud explosion, but it's still like nowhere near what right, they just dropped a Moab on this fucking site or whatever. You know? Right. But but you're still kind of like, wait, the, the the level of confusion kind of goes up, and it's I think that's intentional with right. uh, the film where you're like nobody really knows what's going on the audience doesn't know what's going on the people of the world don't know what's going on um and and these you know all these decisions are being made off camera by this billionaire basically right right and that and my my last note was uh on on the first post post credit scene where they 
all the rich people wake up naked and walk out onto this this new planet uh and then meryl streep is mauled by a whatever the fuck that thing was called mauled Uh, she gets fucking her head bitten off right right (laughs) right so she she gets killed by that that thing that (laughs) well i guess accurately predicted that would murder her in the future um but uh it's such a great microcosm of of how capitalism actually is going to kill us because rich people uh have no considerations towards or desire to actually help society if you notice everyone almost everyone that left that ship was like 50 to 70 years old or older like you could not repopulate a civilization with the people on that ship like if there was an actual scientific (laughs) mission it would be a bunch of fucking young people so that they could all fucking have kids and you know repopulate. i love the I love the the sight gag that uh, Meryl Streep has a fucking tramp stamp tattoo <laughs> right. above her ass. Apparently, Leo, like in real life, was pissed about. It. He's like, he's like, ah, I don't, I don't. And she's like, even though it was obviously not her, it was like a body double. He's like, ah, oh, she's acting royalty. But McKay was like, ah, that's nah, funny. It's I'm leaving it in. Oh, um, well, just it, it goes along with the idea that like she's kind of trashy. You know, she's fucking right. smokes cigarettes. You know, right not that that um, in and of itself makes it trashy but that's but, but it was know. also just a really great little quick sight sight gag and commentary on the fact that uh rich people are terrible arbiters of of you know society and they they, they have no desire whatsoever to actually advance or benefit society they just want to make the time for them that they're left that they have left on this planet uh enjoyable because you would not be able to repopulate civilization and they clearly right. had no eye towards that. Well, so. it's it, it clearly it's like it's meant to kind of invoke Garden of Eden, right? And right. It's, it's like, you know, instead of people that were just like normal who had to like navigate God's rules and everything, these people just show up and are like, "Hey, this is all ours now." And it, you know, they're naked and immediately get wiped out, right? Which of course, you know, it was you know, if it was a true dystopia, it would be they they show up and just colonize another planet and ruin it. Um, but yeah, I liked I liked the, like the you know the p- people are like, oh, this is there wasn't anything hopeful. I'm like, what's not hopeful about all the rich people being eaten alive? Like <laughs> right, that, that is was, that, that, that is our... my fucking hope. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. Um. Yeah, and that. So yeah, that was my last note. And, and just you know, on on the last scene of the movie. Uh, I, I did. F- I found myself like just surprisingly moved by that last dinner scene because it was just so, you know, it was just really well done in a movie that was obviously very farcical in nature and you know comedic at, at you know at times. But I mean, it really just that is ultimately how it's going to end up for all of us in some form or another. You know, whether it's COVID or fucking climate change or any other disaster that capitalism uh, is going to 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 wreak on us in our lifetimes is that we just you know, we, we, we did everything we could, but there's nothing we could do to stop it. And like, you know, at the end of the day, like all we have is what we did and what we tried to do. And apparently that last line from, is, Leo that, a, is actually, that a line from a Beatles song? Uh, <laughs> close. Sorry. No, no, no. In it the, just sounded like it. In the, it. Well, in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make is the, is the line. But what did you say? What were your words? I don't even remember the exact phrase. It was similar to that. I did say in the end, everything. <laughs> yeah. It, it, maybe it was subconsciously inspired by, by it was, it was melancholically fatalist. Right. It was in a, in a spiritual kind of way. Um, so. <laughs> and, 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 you know, that last line was actually improv by Leo where he's like, we really did have it all. Didn't we? Or like something like that, which, you know, again, it was like people would be like, Oh, that's really broad but i i liked it it was like you know it just felt it he he delivered it very naturalistically and they could tell that it was improv wow talk about privilege you had it all of course because you're a wealthy white man who knows right 
<laughs> um, but but no, just watching everybody fucking you know the, fucking die and like the whole planet blow up and everyone just be you know annihilated. It was just really fucking you know sobering and not that we needed it, but like it was just I thought it was the right way to end the movie and like it would have been preposterous if that you know I it would have been a I would have fucking hated this movie if if Bash's mission had survived because it would have or had had been successful because it would have been the complete antithesis of what the entire movie was saying so that that never could have been the ending to this movie so people that act like it should have had a happy ending are fucking morons um yeah that's that's it basically for for my notes but yeah sure. so what uh <laughs> well so you know it, it's it's apparently uh flirting with disaster to be a leftist and are a socialist and praise this movie um because you know you you if you do then you're just falling into the trap of wealthy white celebrities telling us that we need to do something, you know, like anyway. So I had an article here uh, from a guy named Ezra brain, Ezra brain. It's just B R A I N brain um, for a little mag called left voice. And the title of his article is against subtlety. Don't look up is the movie of our moment, which is, I guess, like, meet the moment, kind of, right. like whatever. Um, so just three paragraphs here. It is in this context of rage, fear, and despair that I sat down to watch the new film from Adam McKay, Don't Look Up, out on Netflix now. Don't Look Up is written by McKay, who has gone on record calling noted Hollywood liberal Aaron Sorkin the right-wing version of me from a story by McKay and Jackman editor David Sirota. Uh, this writing team combined with McKay's typical in-your-face directorial style find a way finds a way find or finds. now he says fine but i think it's finds a way right. to capture the the current feeling of rage gals humor and registration well resignation sorry <sighs> more than anything don't look up is a critique of liberalism of the idea that the system will correct itself much of this critique is seen through the arc of the dicaprio character a professor who decides to be the adult in the room for streep and rylance through DiCaprio, we see the folly of working within the system and trusting the state and big business to set or follow any rules to protect the planet. McKay is forcing us to watch the liberal strategy play out and see how it ends. To bring the pandemic into it, the CDC just changed quarantine guidelines because the CEO of Delta Airlines asked it to. Schools are staying open in urban centers facing record-breaking infection numbers, the president of the United States, a man who was elected explicitly to better handle the pandemic, basically told unvaccinated that it was their fault that COVID was still going on, even as he continues to refuse to lift vaccine patents and act shutdowns or any number of other structural changes that would help protect workers. These are not subtle times. So, yeah. Yeah, the, that's the people... a great distillation, I think, of, of exactly what, you know, and that's that's what this movie needed to be because this movie you know people are like oh it's blah 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 this movie is f like made with the biggest stars possible in the biggest way possible to it, to get that message to fucking liberals who are standing in the way <laughs> the the biggest stars possible i think they would have gotten scarjo instead of j-law well but, I, you, uh, you know what i mean like very big close, you know, leo close. dicaprio fucking mega you know like i mean jennifer lords came out of like a mini retirement to do this movie so which no, I'm, I'm glad she did because she's one of my favorite working actresses right now, uh, or you know, semi-working actresses. 
Yeah. Uh, she's never she's never bad in a movie, you know, despite whether the movie is. No, or not. God, it, same same thing. The curse of doing like a uh, prepubescent young adult uh, franchise, right? Like, right? Is, is the like by the time you get like halfway through it, you regret signing that contract, and you're just like, God, I'm so much better than this. Let me out of it, right? And you're on like Teen Beat Mac, like yeah, same with Pattinson. Like he's a fucking a phenomenal and, and actor. She got, yeah, and and, and J Law, God bless her, got stuck in two. Two shitty fuck. She was stuck in X Men and stuck in Hunger Games. Oh, guy, I was I was trying to think of the other one. Yeah, I remember Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah. but I forgot she was fucking Mystique in those awful uh, X Men yeah. movies. But yeah, I mean, oh, by the, by the, when I when I finally saw what was it? What was the oh Apocalypse? Uh, that the, the one with the one with Oscar Isaac? No, 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 no. no. Uh, American Hustle, oh, the okay. comedy she did with Bradley Cooper. Well, one one of the two comedies she did with Bradley Cooper. Right. Um, hilarious so fucking funny um i'll never forget the 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 phrase science oven ever again thanks to her (laughs) you gotta watch that one yeah no she's she's fucking tremendous um but uh where was i but but that but i that's who this movie is for that's why that's who david sirota is always trying to reach is like the idiot fucking liberals who are standing between us and actually doing anything (sighs) and and like i've already exactly gotten past the point of thinking that we can work within the system and i think he to some degree understands that, but he's also tried to fix the system his entire, you know, like working career. So he's, you know, still in some aspects trying to help, you know, fix that. But I, I think, you know, well, he sees I mean, the futility of it clearly. You, by you're then. not, you're, uh, you know, your, your socialist direct action committee, uh, it doesn't have the capacity to launch a nuke into space to stop right, the comet. Right. So at some point, at some point, global problems require global infrastructure. No, I no, fully. It's agree. just that yeah. they, you know, like they need to be public agencies that are, you know, behest to the public, right? Not the fucking private sector. Um, and as far as the, you know, who the movie's for, see all these fucking people like, oh, the movie's just a bunch of liberal, you know, whatever. It, it's this movie is not for people that have already been already been radicalized into taking direct action. This movie is for those people's parents who still tweet out vote blue no matter who. Right. That's who this movie is for. That's who it needed to reach, and that's who it did reach. Right. Um, and and a lot of them didn't like it because it was hit too close to home because they saw themselves, I think, right. too much in a lot of the characters this movie was lambasting. But that's who needs to hear this. Like, that's like, you know, when we say, I don't know who needs to hear this, like, that's who needs to hear this. <laughs> oh my God. Oh God. So glad those fucking, that thing stopped. <laughs> like, just say your words, just say your words. You don't have to start with a cliche. Really? Nobody you don't have to since you... your sentences with the LOL, just say what you mean. Right. You know? And if someone doesn't understand it, that's their lack of literacy, not yours. Right. Don't, don't dumb everything down with an LOL because you're afraid somebody won't understand what you said. I'm going to kill you, LOL. Um, no. Oh, also, so. don't threaten the president on Twitter because they'll ban you for that. <laughs> yeah. Or or at least spell the words differently, like instead of an I, use an up down, upside down exclamation mark or spell death with no A in it, just D-E-T-H. God, don't spell it with an so. at symbol because Twitter's figured that out. I can't. I, t- I tried to tweet the word shitlib as one word. Just as one shitlib, one word, and Twitter was like, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> right. You better reconsider. And I was like, I can't even say shitlib? <sighs> we made that word up ourselves, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's become such like a nanny web... It, oh, God, it's awful. All right, well, um, 
I pretty I think we pretty much hit all we wanted to hit on this. We we we've been talking about this movie for almost as long as the movie itself is. Um, but I I, yeah. I you know I really enjoyed it overall. I think obviously it's not a subtle movie, but I thought it accomplished what it meant to, and it did make me feel something by the end. So you know for whatever uh, other you know issues with the movie, I think it, that it was successful in that sense, and I think it was successful in terms of the like uh, like we were saying the target audience, which is people who don't understand that they're part of the problem, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's it's successful in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, um, I also, I, what, what the fuck? Who the fuck's calling me? Go away. I, uh, hit up the theater le this last weekend. I saw licorice pizza. Just wanted to give that a plug. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's latest film, who is yeah. my favorite writer and director ever. Um, and I, I so obviously I've, you must support pedophilia, right? Uh, that's what, that's only, what only if it's it's the girls older than the. No. Um, <laughs> that was that was like the weird criticism. Philip Seymour Hoffman's son is amazing in this, by the way. Cooper Hoffman um, looks and acts just like his dad, and you know he's not trying to; he just can't help it. Is he is like I don't mean physically big, but like as an actor, is he as big as his dad was? Like you know. No, I mean, he's it's it's like he doesn't know how to act. So he's just playing himself. Right, right, right? right. But it's not like he's this shy, nerdy, awkward thing like the character in the movie, because that's what's so great about this is, you know, like uh, Cooper Hoffman obviously grew up with his father being a famous actor in Hollywood. And Paul Thomas Anderson grew up with his father being a famous actor in Hollywood. And that's what this movie's about is these young kids who are all like connected to Hollywood and they all have like a little bit of wealth. Right. But they're still like have to like work day jobs at the same time because it's not enough money that they can just coast on it. Right. Right. So it's it's interesting because he's because he's like this child actor who is now like a you know upper level teenager. He he's got this confidence to him. So it's not like nerdy, awkward guy and hot, you know, Jewish girl uh, hitting it off. It's it's like they're they've got like a friend romance. Right. Right. There's there's not really anything sexual to it their attraction to each other is is almost non-sexual it's more like they're just really fond of each other and it's a really interesting story it's really well acted and everything and almost every scene feels like it's completely improvised like there was no script at all which is pretty much how paul thomas anderson shoots everything now but this is the first pta film i've seen in the theater since there will be blood in 2007 like all of his movies kind of like quietly came out without me noticing and then i was like oh that's <laughs> got a new PTA film. There you go. Um, cause I don't relentlessly follow stuff before it comes out. Cause I don't, I don't want to know what's going to happen in a movie. Um, right. you know, I, I like watching YouTube videos, you know, reaction videos or breakdown oh, to 50 things you missed in this movie that you didn't actually miss. You saw just the same as we did, but you know, uh, shit like that. But I don't like watching preview, like oh, fan theories about what the next Spider-Man, like, I don't want to just let some things be a fucking surprise. I know you got to monetize YouTube channel, but like, I mean, shut the, the most... fuck up. The, the the biggest like the most unfortunate thing about the fact that we have youtube and all this shit now is you never get that experience that we used to have and i sound like a fucking boomer like even <laughs> reminiscing on this but I, I used to love this is when you would go and see a movie and you would see a trailer for something you had no idea was fucking coming out but you're like oh my god like holy fuck they're making a sequel to this movie. like you know whatever it is like yeah you know, that was such you had a cool to go experience to the that was absolutely such a cool experience 
that we don't really get anymore. You've got to have a, a three minute long teaser trailer and then the first official trailer and then a second. It's like, what, what's there left to consume at that point? Right. You Which know, shows like, you the plot of the entire fucking movie, basically. You know? Exactly. Like the marketing people want to sell you the movie five times over mm-hmm. before you even go to see it. And, you know, for, for all the criticism I've given Steven Spielberg, the guy's been trying to save theaters his whole fucking life. You know, Christopher Nolan's trying to save theaters. Um, you know, uh, fucking what was the um, uh, Denny's Villeneuve, who was furious that HBO uh, wanted Dune, to put it, right. put Dune out streaming and in the theater, which I, I don't blame him because like, my God, you watch that thing and it's like you you need to see it in a fucking theater. Um and we're it's in just, weird times right now with co I mean it's just it's just a really shitty time to have had a movie made and then like waiting to be released and then COVID, you know, it's just there was no great you know, fucking solution to you when know. I when I went and saw Licorice Pizza, um, you know, it was a Saturday night and there was maybe twenty people in the whole theater, which is, you know, it's indie art house cinema. So that's to be expected. And everyone had their masks up, but everyone was seated at least, you know six to ten feet apart when i went and saw spider-man it was shoulder to shoulder every single person had a mask on the entire film right i I mean you know so it all depends on your personal comfortability of like in those environments you know there's there there's certainly i think you know it just it's just a shitty time right now for for doing anything that requires a public gathering but you know things are kind of going on because everyone's seen that nothing is going to be done you know any kind of mass scale to help all, all of these industries so they people that still want to go to the theater are going to go to the theater and they should uh because it's it's probably you know big giant open room is probably the closest thing to being outdoors um and they're you know everyone's every theater is doubled their ventilation rate <clears throat> so you're not sitting there breathing the same air as somebody else for any long period of time but um you know, it's just, it's, it's so much fucking fun. And all these people are like, well, Marvel's taken over everything and there's nothing else worth watching now. And, uh, and you can't see any, like, dude, the, the other movies are still playing. <laughs> like you can't blame a theater for wanting to show, uh, you know, the, the highest grossing film in five years on multiple screens. If they're going right? to sell those theaters. Yeah. They're going to do, I mean, it's, yeah. it's hard. They're trying to, to, they're trying to fucking stay open. Right. <laughs> you know, it's hard for like, honestly, and not that I would have sympathy for like major movie chains, but it is hard to keep a fucking theater open right now. Cause their margins are pretty. That's why like popcorn is, you know, you, you pay like a month's salary for a fucking thing of snacks <laughs> right. because that's their margin. They don't make any money almost on the actual, yeah. movie that you watch because they have to give a good chunk of that back and to the if studio Spider-Man no way home was garbage i'd be like yeah it's it's bullshit but it's so fucking good that it's just like yeah everyone's right. everyone's responding to it for the right reasons you know it's it's like people like the beatles for the right reasons they they weren't overrated <laughs> they right. were they're properly it was rated one of those times were... when we were all the same page and we all came together and we all universally universally said this is really fucking good right go watch it right all right. Well, uh, I think that pretty much does it for us for this episode. But uh, yeah, I highly recommend people watch this movie. I mean, I've, if you've listened to us talk about it for two hours and you haven't watched it yet, I don't really know what you're doing. But we, we reviewed like seven different movies. So it's just how we normally do this. <laughs> right, shit. right, right. But no, but for sure, go watch this movie. Recommend it and recommend it for the liberal in your life who doesn't understand the nuances of, you know, things and who doesn't understand that they're they're part of the problem when they're when they don't, you know, hold people account when they don't hold the democrats accountable for the for doing the exact same shit that the republicans do uh and they think that you know everything is black and white and they don't understand 
that capitalism is actually the real enemy and that's what's going to kill us all uh and is currently killing us all but yeah uh on that cheerful note um uh what what would you give what would you rate this movie out of uh five hammer and sickle solid four just a solid four yeah Yeah. it's it's important but again it's you know it to me it's not nearly as funny as like vices like steve carell steve carell as um rumsfeld is just such i gotta rewatch i haven't watched that since fucking it's so fucking good biting humor um you know calling kissinger the fucking weak ass pussy in the room or whatever he calls him (laughs) (laughs) like like, kissinger is the fucking uh, so funny yeah no for sure for sure but yeah so yeah i give this give me this a four all right yeah i'll give it a four and a half i'm always a little more forgiving on things but i don't i don't i don't rate them against you know other things we've watched necessarily but i, I in terms yeah. of my overall enjoyment i'll give it like a four and a half uh, out of five hammer and sickness yeah. all right uh yeah if you want to support the show rate review and subscribe uh wherever you get your podcast follow us on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash move left uh facebook.com slash move left idiots patreon.com slash move left uh i am on twitter at move underscore left and as always i'm on twitter at bike slutty yeah and to uh play us out are the uh dulcet tones of ariana grande and uh kid cuddy with that awful fucking uh, benefit song that they play <laughs> which was also oh. a great great fucking parody of all those types of you know big like liberal get together you know oh like global citizen even though it's taking money from shell and exxon and all the, you know yeah it, it's it's so good you wonder like how in on the joke was she or did they right. just be like hey write a real song that you would write about this real thing it's, <laughs> it's totally not going to be satirical and she's like okay <laughs> you I, know like, it's up there with like the I, I i don't think you've seen it yet but the it, the scene in um fuck it a star is born where like lady gaga like in the movie she starts off as this like like great piano singer songwriter and then they have her turn into like this pop star and the song she plays on snl is like the worst song you've ever heard in your life but you're not sure if that's supposed to be a good pop song or a bad right. pop song in the move in the context of the movie and i right, feel right it's it's like in fucking boogie nights when uh marky mark's character dirk diggler decides to become a rock star and they're in the studio, him and John C. Riley, and they're like, "He will rock you." And like, there's like, and on the commentary because I have the DVD back. You know, I, I miss Netflix. We got to have director's commentary. Like, Netflix, it's such an easy for the love of God. You could do you could do dub. You know, audio. <sighs> you could certainly do a, a commentary track. But yeah. So, but on the on the director's commentary, Paul Thomas Anderson says that he he's like whether Mark Wahlberg is a really good singer who knows how to sing badly or is just a terrible singer. I will never tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Good shit. All right. Yeah. Well, on that note, uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week for the, the regular political show. Um, and yeah. See you later. Ciao. Just one look.